This podcast is part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to bigheadsmedia.com for more great podcasts. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Franchise Tag. I'm your host, Eric, joined alongside Chris. Welcome back after missing last week. By the way, I made Mark do some double duty last week. I'm talking we made two different episodes, probably for a total of three hours, because... I did less work for you this week by t- already talking about the Giants game. So that's already one game down, apart from all the other games we're going to go over. And that was Mar- Mark probably hasn't helped with the show in a very, very long time. And yeah. I already just made him like do overtime work for me yeah. <laughs> for he, nothing. He, where's he been? He, may, he makes up for it. Right. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, <laughs> but yeah, how you doing, man? Oh, let's not talk about it. Let's just... I mean, is your mood <laughs> automatically going to be based off how the Falcons perform every week? or is um, it... I mean... For the show, yes, definitely. You, I, just just a disclosure out there, because you brought it up, and then we'll get to it when we get to the game. When that game ended, the way it ended, I sat down in I'm my sure. bed for an hour and didn't move. I just stared at the TV for an hour. I didn't talk. I didn't move. I was just literally everything. All of the energy was just ripped out of me. Just to give <laughs> some context for for some of the uh, <laughs> the listeners out there slash viewers, I texted Chris later that night. And I was like, you know what? I'm just, we're going to watch the Yankee game tonight. No answer for a very long time. In my head, I'm just like, I think he's taking this loss really hard. Because <laughs> <laughs> there was nothing until the next morning. You're just like, yo, my bad. Yeah, because I, I, I just, I, 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 just I got angry out. and then I just <laughs> fell asleep. <laughs> I had a bad day. I just, <laughs> it was because like I expected to lose the last few games, but this game I did not expect to lose. Oh, and I, I did. And and I did not <laughs> expect them to lose like that. Like, at least if you're going to lose, lose in Falcon fashion. I literally, no, I'm, I'm not even kidding. I was watching the game, and we scored a touchdown, and we need to make the extra point. And I said, we're going to miss this because that's how the season has gone. And that is exactly what happened. Matt, Matt Bryan also has that weird, like, characteristic to him. Yeah. Where he's like, he's a veteran. He can make any kick you want, just not that one. <laughs> like he, oh, yeah, I yeah. feel like he's always done that for some. It, it could have been a sixty-yard field goal, and he would have nailed it. But the extra point, no, no, not the extra point. There's like <laughs> too much. There's no too much pressure on this one point alone that I could. I'd rather make a three po- three pointer all the way back. I, I, I'd rather make it from the other side of the field a field goal than, than an extra point. Speaking of which, when I told you I'm never betting on the Falcons again, I meant it. So oh no, no, no! I'm never doing it ever again because, especially <laughs> with the next three games that are coming up. Oh no, not a shot. And and I said to Mark, I said. If the if they somehow pull a win against the Rams, I'm gonna be angry. I'm not even gonna be happy. I'm gonna be angry. I'm gonna be like, where? It's was like, where this? was this for the past four other weeks that we should have won? That we, exactly, that we should have won. So it's whatever. It's like because like the only game for the Falcons right now that they had no chance of winning just because right out of the gate week one was the Vikings game. It's just like yeah. all right, that one's chalked up like two minutes into the first yeah. quarter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like every other game was kind of like this could have been an it, easy. It could have a pretty it, a pretty good win for the Falcons. Like yeah, you know. I mean, I was sitting there and analyzing the game, and I was like, you know, the Cardinals, they're like, they haven't been playing too well. They're, they're a pretty easy win. And I'm like, well, we're also an easy win, so I don't really know how to, how to categorize this game. Because it's sad to say, but that is, that is where I'm at. I'm like, we are the easy win, too. So, yeah. uh, so right before we came on air today, we, we were just speaking briefly about the horrible NFL officiating that's been happening this NFL season and awful it, it has just been ruining awful. the whole aspect of the game and you know I think where the change really happened was because I think some of these refs may be like boycotting in a sense I don't I don't see why they would need to 
Like they're working part time, so it's not like their jobs on the line or anything. No, like not that. at all. So, how come when this, you know, de- defensive pass interference call or any pass interference call comes in, where you can challenge it for the first time ever, and they're not turning it over, they're not seeing it, they're barely looking at it, and all these other penalties are happening too. So it's kind of like, what? Uh, what is your take? What is happening right now? Because honestly, I can't even comprehend it. I think it's just they they don't. I think they're seeing something totally different that we're not. Yeah, I mean. I understand the pass interference if, I mean, it's not right that they should be kind of swaying it so that they try to get it out of the league, but I I guess they weren't huge fans of it to begin with. Like, I, I could see and understand that. But from the other point of view is there are other plays, like, for example, fumble recoveries or scoring plays or things. Those have always been reviewable. For yeah. as far back as I can remember, those have been reviewable. So it's kind well, of like... Turnover should be reviewed. That, that's what I'm saying. All scoring plays are reviewed. All of that. That's been, yeah, all that's... That's the weird part is that... And they're still screwing they, those up. They could all be reviewed and they're, they're, nothing happens. And that's the thing. If, if you're going to try to sabotage a rule because you don't agree with it, like, yeah, that's not the right call, but whatever. But to, to be messing up calls that have been around for more time and kind of have been part of the game, like it's just a given, like, oh, it's a turnover, they're, they're going to review it. You know what I'm saying? It, it's yeah. just a given. And they're screwing those calls up too. I think it's just them. They're just screwing everything up. And and we'll get to the games and we'll get to the calls, but they're just screwing a lot of calls up, and it's it's really taking away from the game itself because now instead of it being the battle of these two plays, so like for example, a, a great game that we had this weekend was the Chiefs and the Texans. Not sure how if there were like any really bad calls off the top of my head, but you know that's a great matchup, two great quarterbacks, two great offenses playing and gunning it out. Now think about how excited everybody was, but now think about if there was a crucial game changing play because of the refs and it's kind of like okay it just ruined the whole game you're not looking at it anymore as wow that was such a great game you're looking at it as wow the refs screwed the game and it, yeah. it kind of ruins the fan experience because that's what you take away from it you don't take away that that was a hard-fought game like, no it comes down to a call and you're only thinking about that call after it's all said and done exactly and it takes away from the experience and even like i just said like texans chiefs i'm not a fan of either but if i'm watching a game and some team gets screwed i'd be annoyed because i'm like as a fan i'm annoyed because we deserve better than this. Like we're we're paying to go to games and paying for the merchandise, and we're watching these games week in and week out. And it's kind of like, how can you end a game like that? That's so broadcasted and highly talked about, and you're just gonna ruin it. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. it's just you just can't do that. I mean, the Monday night game was kind of a, a victim. Oh, of we're that. gonna talk about that. Yeah, we'll, I we'll, am heated. Oh yeah, we'll, we'll get into it. But but that's what I'm saying. Like something like that, it, it could change the whole outcome, especially a nationally televised game like that you think that they would be on their best behavior and it's yeah it's because it's like all eyes are on that game exactly no one's watching red zone where i'm not watching this at this time because that's what happens to me but if everyone's individually watching this game and they see it yeah because even people people were outraged about a pass interference call that wasn't called that mike tomlin threw out um a challenge flag for last yeah. week everyone was pissed about that and it was like it was that was one of the worst games i've ever seen yeah and like last and uh on monday was a phenomenal game. Like honestly, yeah. I like that matchup. Like division rival NFC North, one of the best divisions in the yeah. league. You and honestly, you would think that. And who was the who was the ref for that game? Cleet, right? Cleet Blakeman, yeah. He is one of the better, I think, officials in the league. Yeah, he he Did has. I mean, I don't know if this indicates much, but he, I think he uh, officiated Super Bowl Fifty, the Broncos Cardinals, uh, Broncos uh, Panthers. Yeah. Whenever he's out there, I'm kind of just I don't have an issue with him. But there's some refs yeah. that are out there. I'm just like that. He's gonna be. Vinovich, I, mean, I, I, I honestly of. don't know the consensus on which referees in, like in general are bad and which ones are good. I just see Cleeton, I'm like I don't mind him, and he's also in uh, 
a lot of uh, bad lip reading, so I can yeah, remember yeah. him all the time. Yeah. But like, it's it's different from baseball where you would know all the umpires. And when you see a guy like Angel Hernandez, Angel Hernandez. <laughs> everybody knows he's going to be, he's not going to be great. And yeah. you see some of the other umpires, you know they're not going to be great. And that happened with the Yankees this year, yeah. if you remember. Like they knew he wasn't going to be good. Yeah. And then he and he did exactly what they thought he would do. And then last night for the Astros game and the ALCS, the one umpire got hurt, and, and then yeah. Joe Buck was like, he's one of the better umpires in the league. And it like completely changed. The whole because game. it's like now you have to bring in a different guy that sees the plate differently than the other guy, it's, and it's just it's hard as a pitcher. It's a whole mess. It's, it's hard as a mess. pitcher. It's hard as a batter to adjust to that. And I mean, kind of going on what I was going to say about this whole officiating issue is people have brought up, and I think it's a valid, you know, kind of thing to bring up is that um, they're not being held accountable for anything. No, it's and they're saying, you know, as as a player, as a coach, if you mess up, you don't play well. You you have these issues. You get fined. You get like released you get suspended whatever there's repercussions for you doing your job wrong or bad things or whatever there's nothing for these refs so there's no, no oh they made a bad call oh you know they just brush it off and they and go the, back and, and ref again they care because like i said they're part-time so exactly. these, guys, these guys like i missed a call like congrats like i'm, I'm only getting paid two hundred fifty thousand dollars. congratulations i'm gonna go be my lawyer now for tomorrow yeah. like <laughs> it's honestly it's, it's so so ridiculous but kind of Swaying into what we're going to talk about, I want to talk about the Monday night game first. I know we're kind of out of order, and usually I start with the Thursday game or a significant game that was the game of the week, but this game in particular, for one thing, it was a good game that was ruined by officiating, and that's kind of how I want to jump into it. So this game ended with the Detroit Lions falling to the uh, Green Bay Packers 22-23. to The Green Bay Packers move on to 5-1. Um, could be six and zero if they just ran the ball, but you know. Yeah. Uh, but <laughs> the Detroit also a bad call that cost them a game. That also kind of was a no call when they lost to the the Eagles. It could have been interference. It could have been. Well, it's happening every single. That's year. what I'm saying. So so again, their their loss. I mean, they got a win here, but their loss they could be six and zero. Also, even that loss was determined by yeah, two. Yeah, that's exactly. So and now the Lions fall to two, two and one. What a and... hockey record. <laughs> very <laughs> hockey record and i hate hockey records for that reason uh but pretty much this game even though just looking at the score for people that didn't watch this game you would think like oh it was a close game up to the very end lions had this game they were dominating for, for the majority of this entire game overall like yeah. from beginning to the absolute end and there was just some officiating calls that didn't help them and sway their way for example the carry on johnson thing where he Caught the ball, made like a football move, and it didn't count as a catch after it was out of his hands later. I mean, that one's a little questionable. But then there was the, you know, legal use of hands rule. The phantom and, hands. <laughs> and we'll, we'll jump into that. Let's go into statistics a little bit and talk about how we saw these players play. Then talk about officiating. Because, again, that should be first. Not yeah, the officiating. Yeah, I hate yeah. that we're sitting here today and, and talking about it. But um, right before I do that, uh, because I'm going to forget, when we were watching SportsCenter a second ago, just briefly, they said there was over 1,300 Accepted Call, penalties yeah. this year. That's and it's only, and a lot of that has to be holding. A we're lot of we're that, not even halfway through the season. No, that's <laughs> and I mean they're holding a meeting, I guess, right now about it. Yeah, they were. Well, I think uh, they do hold. I've heard that before, like a couple of weeks ago. I think they also held a meeting after a controversial issue where a lot of holding calls. I think it was a couple of weeks ago. Holding calls were like up sixty percent or something. So yeah. so they held a meeting to kind of talk about it. But yeah, I think they had a meeting, but. There need honestly, there needs to be, in my opinion. You have to, but how are you going to implement that but, meeting but, on the field? But th- see, that's the thing: are they having the meeting and really doing much about it, or are they having the meeting They're just probably... to show the 
media like okay we're having a meeting but not doing anything no, what's you know what happening I'm is there someone's bringing in coffee they're all sitting down and then they just say so what's up with these calls they're just like oh sorry we missed them we'll try better and then they'll go go their separate ways like, I think that's exactly how it's because i mean that's the thing you really can't at this point you know we can't go back to monday night and and change that game that was the whole argument with the uh you know the the ram saints why now pass interference is challengeable because the the issue was the game was over you can't go back and change it there is a rule that the under well, like extreme go back and circumstances, yeah. like in the Super Bowl, they're like it was wrong, but that doesn't change the score. It doesn't exactly. Change, it That's doesn't what I'm saying. At, at the end of the day, and I don't know if they think that that makes fans feel better because, okay, no. if my team was about to go to the Super Bowl and they blew a call like that, and then it goes like months like, later, and then months like, later, oh yeah, we messed up. I'd be like, that doesn't help me. That makes me even more angry. Yeah, that, that makes that me makes it worse. Angrier because you're admitting it. It's just they, oh. I think they think it's a proper solution, but at the same time, they're just like. We owe it to the fans, but at the same time, you should keep that to yourself. You know, yeah. like at least own it. At least own that was the call. I was gonna say, if, if you're gonna make that call, own it. And and if you're gonna change, like, you're gonna change your mind and say it was wrong, like what they did this week. Make the change, like not you can't change it, but make the call and say we messed up, like uh, right away. Well, it's still a topic because going, you know, three four months from when the call happened and being like, oh yeah, you know. I messed up. It's kind of like you're bringing back up something that kind of faded away, and now you're bringing it back up. Yeah. Just get it out of the Just way. Get rid of it when it happens. Yeah, exactly. But again, jumping into this game, Matt Stafford, 18 for 32, 265 yards, no touchdowns, no picks. But they jumped right into this game with a little flea flicker, and that's how I and they completed it to Kenny Galladay, who I was hoping got a touchdown, which yards. would have won me the game um, <laughs> in fantasy. I'm going to start getting really upset about fantasy and, and our shows. Usually I'm, I keep it out, but it's kind of like the more I review no. these games, I'm just like, yeah. what could have been or what should have been. I'm just angry just in like, fantasy because for some reason every week my team does well, but someone has an ama- like an unheard of week. Outstanding week. I'm getting people scoring 130 points on me every week. <laughs> and I told and you, I'm scoring 120. I told, you, I told you about this yesterday. I'm 5-1 in our league. Should be 6-0 if that flea flicker was a touchdown. Yes. So to bring that full circle, that's why I'm angry about it. And a lot of other reasons, which I just solved today. Won't get into it, but I spoke to you about it, and I said the only reason I was 5-0 and prior to this one loss is because whenever I'm going up against someone, I'm either getting 80 or 90 points, and the other person just, you know, just gets 70 points yeah. because their team just, you know, something happened or there's an injury or this and that. But then if you scroll through the eight other teams, everyone has like 120 oh, or yeah. 100, and I'm just like... I think I'm getting lucky here because the thing is with Mark, he's very on the on the paper. Like he doesn't see what happens, so he's just like, "Oh, you're five and zero, you're good, bro." I'm yeah. It's like Mark, no. Well, because like, I brought that if up. If I to go him. up against this person next week, they're gonna put one twenty five on me. Well, I got ninety. That that's what I'm saying. I brought that up to him because I I was looking at the standings and I just was looking through the stuff and I came across I was so what would it have been? We weren't two and four yet, so I was two and three, and I had like a hundred more points for than you. But you were undefeated. And That's I was just like, saying. how? And, and then I looked, and I had the most points against. And I'm like, he is getting really lucky. I'm getting the opposite. I'm yeah. like, I'm getting screwed because everyone's going off. You're getting lucky because yeah. no one's going That's off. That's why I'm like, Mark, <laughs> next week, if I get demolished, and you're just like, what happened? I thought you were five. You're undefeated. <laughs> Mark, every other week, I'm getting like 70, 80, and the other person is getting somehow lower than that. 65. <laughs> Like, like, if I would have won this week, and like I mentioned, if this, that flea flicker went for a touchdown or if a touchdown came mm-hmm. later in the game, whatever, we're talking, I would have won like 86 to 83. And I would be 6-0 and sitting here today. Also, and, and you if, would think, if, if Carrion didn't fumble. I don't have him. Oh, wait. 
I don't know. I don't have him. No, if uh, Aaron Aaron Jones. It was Aaron fumbled. Jones, was it? Aaron Jones fumbled. Oh, and, that's what and it he missed that wide open pass like oh, at the, the five yard line yeah. where you could have just walked in. Oh man, I was, I was on so the phone mad with Mark because I just celebrated him the, the week before. I was literally on the phone with Mark during that because he was on his way from class to come watch the game with me. Yeah, and I was like talking. I was like, oh. Oh, and he goes, what just happened? I'm like, Aaron Jones just dropped a wide open pass. Wide open. I was like, the next guy was probably five steps at behind him. I'm like, he was nowhere near him. Nowhere near him. And did you hear Booger McFarlane? He's like, yeah, it's a little behind him. <laughs> <laughs> and everyone's like, a little behind him. Booger, it was in his hands. It's in his hands. <laughs> and he's wide open, uncontested. I don't care if it was a little behind him. You are wide open. Yeah. It was literally, he put his hands up and it bounced off his one hand. And if, bounced it, off. if you guys know whoever's watching, whoever's listening, I'm a huge advocate for Aaron Jones. Free Aaron Jones. Free we Aaron Jones. We heard that Jones. all the, and the they, first whole month. And what's sad about this is the week prior, he got those four touchdowns, which is like a career high for him. He's never probably going to do that in his career ever again. But it kind of made a statement to the Packers like, this is what I'm capable of if you just used me consistently. Yeah. And so I'm just like, this is it. This is the part of the season where Aaron Jones is a number one running back and he's got, he's going to be one of the top names in the league. They figured it out. And going into this week, th- those two things happen early in the game. And by the way, the fumble looks like he like tossed the ball. I, yeah, I know. He, like no one like punched it out. He was just like, oh, let me drop it. He hit him. and He just went. Huh. I'm just like, so this doesn't really help my case. But I still like Aaron Jones. It's just upsetting that I have to see Jamal Williams come back in the game and just take over all his usage you, yeah. over those two things and honestly as a coach anyone would do that no one cares about any fantasy team but at the same time it's just like you, uh, you just have bad luck because you have jamal williams coming in and you have ito smith come in at the goal line i mean luckily Devonte freeman's been helping me a yes, lot lately but, but hopefully the falcons start to realize like you know we could have won this game if Maybe and, we use Devontae Adams, Devontae Freeman a little more. That, that's what happens. He's, he'll run the ball. Freeman, 40-yard run to the two-yard line. The, two or Edo Smith comes in. Oh, uh, yeah. Edo Smith gets checked into the game. And then guess what happens? They hand the ball off, and he's short by like half a yard. And so, and then he, no, uh, you know, he's short by a yard. Say so he's on the two-yard line. And then they put him in again, short by a half-yard line. And then line. they throw to Luke Stocker, and he and, throws a and pick. Then, and then I'm just like, oh, great. All right, it's third down. One more try. Bring in. Devontae Freeman, he'll punch it in. You nope. either do a little nope. fl- pass in the backfield, he'll step in, we'll be good. And like you said before, they'll probably throw to Luke Stocker or something. I, I don't... But it's their whole goal line is weird. They Very have like weird. Luke Stocker out there, Justin Hardy, Edo Smith. I'm like, where are the guys? <laughs> yeah. So sorry to go off on a little tangent, but carry on Johnson, uh, 13, with 13 carries, 34 yards, and a touchdown. Um, we probably could have had a lot more from what I saw in this game. He ran very well, and it didn't really—I yeah. didn't think on paper he'd only have 34 yards. Um, I feel like it, he was involved a lot more. I mean, even in the passing game, it wasn't a lot involved a lot either. I just thought he was doing really well on the ground. I mean, the touchdown does help his case. Take that away, he doesn't has didn't really do much this game. Um, yeah. And honestly, I was rooting against him because not only was I against him in fantasy, but at the same time he was short and then made it. So it was kind of like. Oh got yeah, ho- you got my hopes up, and I'm like, hopefully they do like a little short pass to Kenny Galladay because he's on my team, and that didn't happen. But I'm, uh, what do you think of Carryon Johnson so far going into this season? Do you think he is, you know, their guy, or do you think he's one of those guys where in next year's draft in the fourth round, if we fall on the stud running back, we're gonna split this backfield because they do that to a lot of running backs in this league, like Philip Lindsay, phenomenal season, like his story's amazing. You would think that the Broncos would just be like we're only going to use him because of how good he is. And they've split with Royce Freeman, but they're 
and the reason they do that is Royce Freeman was picked in the fourth round of his draft. Yeah. Well, Philip Lindsay was the one that was undrafted, so they're like, we're going to have to use these two guys. Same goes for a lot of other um, backfields. So, like, what, Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams? Mm-hmm. One was picked in, like, the third round, one was picked in the fourth. I think Jamal Jamal Williams was picked, like, way before Aaron Jones was, and Aaron yeah. Jones is the better running back, but they know they have to split the two, split the backfield. Do you think... Kyron Johnson, eventually his usage is going to go down because the Lions are like, I don't know, maybe we'll split this backfield. I, I really don't know how the Lions want to go about it. I, I I just want to know your opinion on Kyron Johnson. I think he's a great back. I think they've had issues in the running back position prior to having him. a very long time, yeah. Um, I'd say the last good back that they probably had was probably Reggie Abdul- Bush. Well, last really good one was Reggie Bush, yeah, but the last decent one was probably Amir Abdullah. Yeah, so I, I think... I think he's doing, I mean, they didn't end up winning the game, but I think him personally, I think he's doing his job. Like he'll oh yeah, he'll have those games where he goes out and breaks out, but that's also as much as the offensive coordinator is willing to what give. What doesn't him. help either is that he only averaged 2.6 yards. Why why is that so deceiving? This is why you really have to watch the game because Karen, when you watch Karen on the field, you're like, "All right, he's putting in some work for him." Yeah. He got him the touchdown. He did exactly what he needed to do. But on paper, this this does not look good. Yeah, but what I'm also surprised about is you would think that his numbers would be higher because for me, like I basically the whole game they were leading. Yeah. So you would think that he would have more production on the ground because they're up. At one point they were up thirteen nothing. It's kind of like when you're winning by that much, you want to try to keep Aaron Rodgers off the field as much as you can. Yeah. And you do that by running the ball. That's you what I'm you saying. can't. I mean, you have to pass. You have to split it up once in a while, but you need to run the ball a lot more because that'll waste a lot of time and. I'm just surprised. I mean, I don't know if that's really carry on at fault or the offensive play calling. I don't really know, but I think he, I think he's a good running back. I think he, they should stick with him. He's gonna have a game for like 27 carries, 300 yards, or like 265 yards and two touchdowns. It's coming. I, I know, know it is. It's, I really, I wanted to draft if him. If Leonard Fournette got one, he should, he should be getting. I wanted to draft him in, in fantasy this year. I, I did want to get him, but I just didn't know when was the right time to get him. him. That was the problem. Him and like Josh Jacobs, Josh Jacobs are yeah. going to be tough to do in the future. That's the thing. I think someone like you in fantasy who like, who's been waiting on like Derrick Henry and stuff like that, you're going to do the same with Kerryon Johnson and Josh Jacobs. Right now, is doing pretty well. I think you're just going to reach for them really early because they're not going to fall to you. No, they're not, and that's the so. problem. And and at that point, it's kind of like you just got to wait and and hope that that year, like this year, where it's like okay, Henry is starting to to pan out for me you just gotta hope you gotta be like all right like the last two years that's his thing like he, is he a first round pick I, I don't think he's a first round pick in no, fantasy you pick him at like the f- maybe first like, like first pick in the second yeah i was that's saying maybe like maybe like a third fourth i would have had him but then that some people might also think oh he's worth more and he's gone already so yeah but let's talk about kenny galladay five receptions 121 yards didn't reach the end zone but averaged 24.2 Yards per catch, mostly because of that flea flicker. The, the, and then that was like half his yards right there. Yeah, half his so. yards. And like you have Marvin Hall getting the one catch for 58 yards. Mm-hmm. That was downfield. Matt, they let Matt Stafford, you know, they freed him a little bit. They let him throw. They did, but I'm surprised he didn't throw a touchdown. That's what yeah. I'm surprised about. That's why it's a little confusing. See, because you could say all day this game was based off. Like, like, yeah, this game did lean a certain way due to the call. Mm-hmm. Or calls, I should say. Yeah. But at the same time, it's kind of like the Lions could have been better in a lot of aspects in this game to probably secure them this win. Yeah. They they started to play sloppy down the line. But, late, but after, I think after the half, the Packers' defense picked it up a little bit. So it they, was well, because it, uh, it was 
nothing, and then yeah. they just gave up field goals. Yep. That was it. I mean, they only gave up one rushing at one, touchdown. At one point, I think in the third and like half of the fourth, was almost all field goals. Yeah, it was. And it I was, was just like, what am I watching? I know. Like, it's still exciting <laughs> at the same time. It was really weird. Uh, what else here? Oh, yeah, Carryon Johnson gets the two receptions for 27 yards. TJ Hawkinson should have had a touchdown in this game. That was awful. Uh, yeah. He literally came down and just he, <laughs> yeah, he like went down right away. But honestly, the throw I don't think was placed in the right spot either. But at the same time, he, but he so had you have to do everything in your power to just get across that line, whatever way you can. And that was the thing. He made the the difficult part was getting that ball because it might not have been a great pass. Like he had to jump over the defender, he had to grab it, and he grabbed it and he fell down. And once he landed, the ball popped out. It was just yeah. like you can't do that. Can't do that. I mean, he's a rookie. He's got some growing pains. He could be a legitimate stud in this league. He could. He just fixes those little problems. Because the thing is with the Lions, although they have a history of liking their tight ends and taking them in drafts early when they probably could take a corner or a defensive end at any point in time, like, uh, for example, in the draft, uh, didn't didn't you say the Falcons should have traded with them to try to get Oliver mm-hmm. or something like that? Yeah. And they ended up They like, They trading. decided, we don't want to trade. We want a tight end. We want a tight end. So that makes sense, but... But yeah, like they take Ebron like a while ago. He was supposed to be a stud, and uh, he wasn't for them. Was a stud in Indianapolis before Andrew Luck left. Now he's back to earth now. Yeah. Um, TJ Hawkinson is, I think he's way better than Eric Ebron will be. Yeah, for them. Yeah. For them? Yeah. Um, He's just got to improve. I think he'll be a very solid tight end in this league. I think he will too. I think. Uh, he'll make like top five one day. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it was just. It was the same thing we have with the the Giants pick. I feel like they could have waited on the pick, but who knows? Because then, what was it? Didn't Denver get like Noah Font later on? They the got Noah Font, yeah. And I talked to Mark about this, and I think I talked to you about this. Apparently, every a lot of people in that draft wanted Daniel Jones early, so it's kind of like, <laughs> did the, I think the Giants made the right decision here? Now that you look back on it, because the Broncos were like. Yo, we we really like Daniel Jones. I think we're gonna take him like in this draft, and you could tell like Elway is probably like, yes, this guy is a pretty good fit. And then the Giants take him, and he's like, oh boy, yo Steelers, <laughs> you want to trade this pick real quick because we're not gonna get him. And they settle on Drew Luck in the round two. And yeah. then supposedly, um, Jay Gruden didn't even want Dwayne Haskins. Apparently, I heard that they yeah. they wanted Daniel Jones, but the front office was like, absolutely not. Yeah. And I think they did that for the reason being why he's fired now. It's because he wasn't going to last. So they yeah. were just like, well, we're taking the other much more talented quarterback or supposedly. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're just like, when we get a new head coach, they'll know how to use him. So I think that's what happened. Yeah. Which is very weird. It's just like, that's so crazy how that happens behind the scenes. It was kind of like with uh, Trubisky and, uh, and, and the Niners. And I was talking to Mark about this and I'm like, you know who was taken earlier in that draft, right? And who was taken later in the draft? So you have Pat Mahomes and Deshaun Watson, two picks away from each other, like mid-draft. While on the other hand, you have the Niners who are playing mind games with the Bears saying, oh, we're taking Trubisky with this second pick. We need a quarterback. Yeah. Even though they didn't need one because yeah. there was a defensive player up there. Yeah. Was it like Buckner or something? Or I, I think so, yeah. Something like that. And then the Bears are like, no. <laughs> and they moved up one spot. And then there's like, we got Trubisky. What's good? Did that work out for them? No. No. Um, not who at did all. work out? Pat Mahomes and Deshaun Watson. Anyway, uh, <laughs> I like how we're talking about anything else but this game. 
<laughs> even though this I'm was just, I'm just this, angry refs. Yeah, that's but, why. But this was a really good game, and it I mean, was. there's not a lot left on this offense I could talk about because their defense also played really well. I think yeah. Aaron Rodgers was pressured a lot. Yeah, he got I think, sacked. A I think times. he struggled. He threw the ball out a lot. He had to scramble out of his pocket, out of the pocket, try make uh, extending a play. Just didn't work. And to to the the lion to to the Packers, you know, like not I don't want to say like credit, but it's kind of like to kind of you know let them slide a little bit. They lost a lot of their weapons. Yeah, and I'm talking like Devontae Adams isn't ready yet after him getting injured a little while back, and and uh, Marquez Valdez Scantling got hurt in the game, hurt, and yeah. Geronimo Allison got hurt later in the game, and he was ruled out of the game, and Scantling comes back, and you have Aaron Rodgers going to the sideline and being like, put Lazard in this game. He's huge, big body. He can do. He could do what I need him to do. Just put him in the game, and that worked out for him. Aaron Rodgers gets two touchdowns on the day with one pick, um, but was twenty four for thirty nine, two hundred eighty three yards passing. Uh, Jamal Williams again ended up having to step in for for Aaron Jones uh, for missing a wide open catch and fumbling. Fourteen carries, one hundred four yards, averaged seven point four yards per carry. While Aaron Jones had eleven carries, forty seven yards, fumbled. And that fumble was atrocious looking. Honestly, made me stick to sick to my stomach. But what I've seen was, I, I think the Packers. What the good thing about this game is that the Packers brought Aaron Jones back later in the game. They didn't just like, yeah. keep him out for a while. You know how a lot of coaches do that. Like, remember when um, Lashawn McCoy fumbled and Andy Reid was like, "You're out for like yeah. the rest of this game." Yeah. And I think Matt Lafleur was like, "All right, he'll make his mistakes." But I think it's mostly because those four touchdowns last week. He's looking at looking at him in a different light. Yeah. But again, Alan Lazard made a phenomenal catch in the corner of the. F- it's like the corner of the field before the touchdown. Yeah. But it ended up being a touchdown. I thought it was going to be short at the one. He was short. But it ended up being a touchdown. <laughs> he was short. Uh, four receptions, 65 yards, and a touchdown. Uh, do you see him getting a lot more looks now that you know Aaron Rodgers called him out to be played, or do you think this was like when everyone's healthy, we're going to go back to normal? Yeah, I think when everyone's healthy, they're going back to normal. Yeah. I-, I don't think he might. I mean, he might make more of an appearance now because he kind of flashed what he could do, but I don't think he's going to be a crucial player. Like how you got the the game-winning, or not the game-winning, but like one of the game-changing touchdowns, I don't think he's going to get an opportunity like that. You have Devontae Adams out there. I feel like he's a stud. You have Geronimo Allison, who also is not You could tell Aaron Rodgers misses Devontae Adams. That's what I'm saying. It was a lot. Yeah. Because when... for some reason, whenever Aaron Rodgers like a pass just doesn't go his way, and his his receivers, he would kind they would kind of tease him because they would catch the ball, and then like the next frame they would just show the ball just rolling Drop, on yeah. the side. I'm just like, what happened? Why couldn't he they corral it? And then it changes the the um, the camera angle right onto Aaron Rodgers, and he's, and he's just, just angry. He's just like looking like, really, seriously? <laughs> How are you not catching that? Why aren't you running the right route? He gets mad really easily. He does. It's he so does. funny, but like he doesn't express. He doesn't ever expresses it. You just see it in his face. Oh and yeah, he, he just he just stands there and he has a, a look. Just, oh, yeah, and then they run, imagine running back to the huddle and seeing that, it's seeing this guy so angry like that. It's just so weird. He's like, catch the damn ball. That's yeah, what you and, need to and do. the thing is, I feel like he looks more angry than Philip Rivers does, and Philip Rivers will be the one to be like, "Come on, man, catch that ball." But Aaron <laughs> Rodgers is just like staring at you. I know, and I, then you feel that probably more than what Philip Rivers like, yells at you. <laughs> uh, but uh, Mercedes Lewis had, you know, he had two receptions, fifty yards, but he's not getting involved more than that. Um, Marcus Valdez Scantling, two receptions, forty-eight yards. He came back in the game later. Geronimo Allison was hurt for the rest of the game, but he had three receptions, forty yards. A little bit of everything, a little bit of everyone. Uh, Jimmy Graham caught the ball when 
he caught the ball to kind of help them out, I guess, because yeah. he looked to him a lot. And I think Aaron Rodgers is like, if I just had a stud tight end, he would really help me in this scenario. And Jimmy Graham was supposed to be that guy, and he's just not. Uh, I saw a lot of Jake Kumaro. He dropped the ball a lot. Um, and, yeah, Dar- you know, Darius Shepard helps more on special teams. But everyone got a little bit of everything. Oh, he had a rough game. Who did? Shepard. Shepard, yeah. He muffed a punt, and then he also, didn't he, like, cause the interception? He slid and bobbled the ball up, and that's what that goal line. Oh, yeah, the ball went up, yeah. That goal, it was him. He had a rough game. He did have a rough game, but (laughs) he's also a rookie. I I, I feel bad, but it's kind of like, I've seen a lot of those picks where the the receiver has the ball on the ground, and the ball somehow ends up above them. Yeah. In the perfect spot where a defender can just come in and sweep it and run to the other side. Scenario: It hit right off his face mask and bounced up. That's oh, what yeah. happened. Yeah, they looked at the replay. Yeah. Right, Aikman's like, "Oh, right off the dome." <laughs> 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 but um, so the main point of this game and the big exclamation point was those was those calls that were made, especially on Carryon Johnson. That was a little questionable to me, but to a lot of people, it was a catch. But the main one was uh, two calls on Trey on Trey Flowers, where he was called for um, illegal use of hands, hands to the face. And you know, it ended up being you know you know costing them the game. And you saw how angry Trey Flowers was after the first call, and they have the nerve to do it again. Yeah. And my issue is the way he plays. He's never been called for that when he played for the Patriots. So why is he being called for that now? It just doesn't make much sense. And I know there's conspiracy theories out there that you know that you know when it's the Packers they pay the refs, and you know it's a bunch of memes, ha ha ha. But you don't actually think it, but. In this game, I'm like, why do they keep calling him for this specific thing? He's done this his whole career, and I just showed you a picture of it right before we, yeah. we started. And Khalil Mack has done that his whole career. Yeah. The way, and, and that's what a lot of defensive ends do, and that's how a lot of defensive ends are being coached currently, is to have like extend your arms so you have leverage on the other yeah. guy. The farther he is away from you and the farther he has separation, the more pressure you could have yeah. because you put your body forward and you could rush in. But... Khalil Mack, again, he does that. He just uses his right arm and just like bullies the dude in front of him. And that's exactly what Trey Flowers did. That's why he got paid by the Lions. And he got called for it twice. Twice. Yeah. Not once. Twice. Absolutely ridiculous. And they were within minutes of each other. It this was... I just don't know, man. This NFL officiating is just getting awful. Like, how does that happen? Because you literally, if you if anyone were, were to go on like House of Highlights today or see any, anything from this game and you were to look at that penalty... It looks like it's hands to the face, but it's just his hand, like in his shoulder pad, yeah, like in his neck where you're allowed to be, yeah. And I don't know, like, what, what could be touching his face at all? Like maybe the tip of his knuckle? Like is know, that, that what illegal hands to the face is? He's not grabbing his face mask and moving it around. That's what the penalty is. Yeah, it's that's not what the penalty means. That's not the definition and, of that. And penalty. they actually showed it, and it and uh, what was it, Bakhtiari or whatever was that? Bakhtiari, yeah. Was he the one that it was? It was, he was bull rushing him, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. They showed at one point Bakhtari actually had his hands on tr- on Trey Flowers' face mask. At one yeah, point. and then Booger McFarlane was getting angry. <laughs> he was like, "Where is the like? What is this call? Like, I don't see it. I don't see it." And you know, neither did I. And that just made me angry. Just, and that just put him in position to get the. Uh, but just just the remember, field goal. I would never jersey swap with the ref. I would no, never. never. <laughs> Imagine we sat here today like Francesca and just went on for an hour about switching jerseys, <laughs> jerseys with the refs. Ref. Yeah. I would never. <laughs> I would never in my life would I ever. <laughs> but, uh, uh, yeah, Matt Prater had a pretty solid game, huh? After I drop him. After you drop him? I have him. And, and he, now he has and a he gets, high projection and, this week. And he gets zero. Yeah. I have him and he, he misses a kick and he can't do anything. He's zero. 
I dropped. He made like five that night. Points. He made one from like every ten yards, like twenty, thirty, forty, and then he made a fifty. Yeah, but like, okay. My thing. I'll keep this short. I know we got a lot of games. Yeah, we. I'm My thing. It's like. Why? Why did you have to do that when I don't have you? <laughs> just and I have you, and you That's get Matt me Prater. nothing. I'm just, I'm, I'm, I, I, I throw the towel when I'm done with fantasy <laughs> this year. I'm done with it. I'm angry. I'm not done yet. After I just made my trade, I was I'm almost angry. done with it because you know, and everyone hates trading. If you, by the way, whoever's listening to this, if you, if someone asks you for a fair trade and you don't give it to them, I hate you. I really do. If somebody asks you a fair trade where it doesn't it doesn't affect you, maybe it helps you, but it affects the other person where it doesn't really matter if I give this to them. I know that's very specific, but seriously, that probably happens a lot to people. And then the person comes back saying, "I want Christian McCaffrey, oh no no, and yeah. Julio Jones for Tyler Eifert." Yeah, well, if uh, <laughs> if you're willing to give up Mark Andrews for Dalvin Cook, you might be a Siciliano. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> Mark's dad. That's not a fair trade. If I want a tight end and I'm giving you Stephon Diggs, why would you give up Dalvin? Which Cook? gives you depth at wide receiver. He just had a phenomenal game. Why not take him? Instead, you come back to me and 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 just like and just ask for Dalvin Cook. Whoa! It's like you just like insulted my mom or something. That, that was That's like what it feels like that was like with the 49ers when. Uh, they called up New England and they're like, "Oh, uh, can we have Jimmy Garoppolo?" And they're like, "No, he's off limits." And then he called back up. He goes, "Can we have Tom Brady?" <laughs> that's like that's exactly what that was. That like, is like that. <laughs> and then they hung up the phone, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, so we already spoke about me and Mark already spoke about the Giants Patriots game, and I can go on and on about how this game was a learning experience for Daniel Jones and how this was a closer game than people would have thought. This was supposed to be a massacre, but, but, but there was somehow, also there was also this. It just made the spread. Yeah. Somehow. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of people were on that. Honestly. Somehow, at the end of the game, they managed to make the spread. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's not a bad bet. To co- a lot of people oh, yeah, put but, that bet down to cover. But I'm saying, people in like by the first half are probably like, "Oh my god!" When they when they bet over or they they bet for that spread, they're probably like, yeah, "Oh my god!" It was like 14, 14. Oh they're like, "Oh no way! <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna be up by 50. <laughs> But it it did cover, but at the same time, like I mentioned before, it was not overshadowed by the penalty just because this is just what game was. It wouldn't close. have mattered by the but time the Pat penalty. But Pat Shermer is like addicted to throwing out <laughs> the challenge flag. And I forgot to talk about this, and it was in my head. I just always forget. He loves throwing out the challenge flag, oh, yeah. sometimes for the right reasons. And for the reason being, when, De- when uh, Golden Tate went up for a catch, it was a clear, clear pass, pass interference call. And then, of course, the refs looking at it for two seconds like, uh-huh. Uh, uh, no. Rolling on the field stands. Are you kidding me? Let's take that timeout out of the way, and you know, take it away from you. You know, it didn't really matter at that time. In the it game. did not matter. But, but I at the same time, I think he's awful. just testing a little bit. He's just like, well, I want to at least give my guys a chance to improve. Like we we came into this game not thinking we're gonna win. Why, why don't Why don't we just give ourselves an opportunity yeah. to try to get closer to score? That was on the third down, right? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that's. Gets me angry. Yeah, I don't like referees. And I'm sure this will not be the last time we talk about it. It's going to keep going. Every I don't week, care whatever meeting be you have. New. Someone's going to miss a brutal call at a time where you either can't challenge or they're not going to overturn a challenge play. It's just it's ridiculous. Yeah, we might as well just change our name to like refs are messing up calls podcast, like because that's yeah. what it's going to turn into. Sadly, that's probably. Uh, I'm gonna let you take this one. What 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 game do you want to get into here? 
Can we just get my game out of the way? Your game? Because I don't. It's gonna get me angry. I mean, that's fine too. I mean, it's for those of you that watched, I mean, angry. Chris, whenever ever since you made that prayer for the for the Falcons to actually win another game, they, they have not it. won a game. They, you don't think? Think go to hell. <laughs> <laughs> so the Falcons lost this game, thirty three to thirty four, in Arizona against the Arizona Cardinals. The Cardinals are now two three and one. They're also and the Falcons team. are one and five. And yes, they lost by one point. It was a missed extra point by Matt Bryant. But Chris told yeah. me before, and I didn't watch this game as closely as you did because I'm either, I'm not a fan. I'm watching Red Zone. Red Zone doesn't show you everything. And you said you weren't mad at Matt Bryant. What's your no. reasoning behind that? And go a little bit deeper. Let's see. Okay. Where there we're there were some calls. One call was very very early. I mean, I me personally, all these three calls had a very big impact in the game. But the first one I would say had the least significance just because it's early on in the game. And, I mean, you have a whole game left ahead of you. Anything can happen. Uh, but but in the beginning of the game, I don't remember the receiver on the Cardinals. He caught the ball. The ball gets knocked out. No part of him is down. Not at all. He wasn't touched down by contact. Nothing. The ball clearly comes out. Atlanta recovers. They review it. Because, as I said, you know, score, uh, all turnovers get reviewed. They're showing it. Clearly a fumble. They come out there. Call stands. Not a fumble. So that was strike one. <laughs> strike two. This is a very crucial part of the game because the game we the Atlanta comes back, they tie the game up. We're punting the ball. We punt the ball. The wh- whoever I don't know who the guy was on the Cardinals. He he fair catches it, and he goes to fair catch it, and he, and he goes to kind of like move up. I guess he misjudged where the ball was going, so he well, moves up. Every fair up. catch starts with a wave. And yeah, yeah. You step up. Uh, yeah. So so he started to move up a little bit, I guess, and like to the side. I guess he didn't read it right. But then he went to like catch it, but then kind of like didn't catch it and moved back, and it hit off of it looked like it hit off of his foot, and it went sideways, and Atlanta picked it up, and there was a flag, and I'm just like, no, I'm in my head I'm like no, no I said if this is holding I swear, yeah so it was worse than holding, they called, a uh, interfering, with the fair catch, meanwhile, this. Distance is probably two. He was probably further than this yeah. from the guy, and he, he was standing there. And then he ran and looped around and tried to recover the fumble. He didn't even touch him. So, so they called that, and and that was mind blowing because just like the phantom hands to the face, it's like he didn't even touch him. So how are you gonna call interfering with a with a fair catch when he wasn't even near him? Like he had no. <laughs> judgment in that he, he was just getting like around his block and he was trying to, to stand there like most guys do when there's a fair catch you stand around him in case they muff it what i'm upset about is that this is a multi-billion dollar company how do you not have the best refs out there yeah and for some reason i just feel it the xfl since they just had their uh, yeah their draft, they just had a draft they're gonna have some really good officiating because what the aaf did which i think because the xfl has now has leverage to do anything the aaf yep. did since they folded they put the camera up where the um like where the referee like the referees are like consulting with like i don't know who, who yeah you whatever. can hear it it's like the head official or something like yeah. that and you can hear you what can he's hear saying it. and why he's coming down to that conclusion i think yeah. the xfl is going to do that and i think the xfl sticks around a lot longer than well, the af did because now they're not being funded by the nfl the yeah, nfl and I mean, you know, the xfl itself is just vince mcmahon who has a bunch of money and, and that's the thing and and a smart business strategy for them to do which i mean he's run the wwe for so long he's, so gonna, he, he's gonna fix he knows what how to run a business yeah. like that the main issue that everybody's having right now with the nfl is these calls so why would you not 
jump on officiating and that be like you know your selling point like oh that's going to be a selling that, that's point that's what i'm saying like, that you have to do that it's like we have like 10 different protocols for officiating or exactly something like and, that. and and like you know like i uh, i mentioned before oh there's no issues if they make a bad call there's no punishments maybe he'll come out and say like oh if they make a call like you know they're suspended or something for like a week or whatever like just something they're just something he has all that power that everybody's complaining about he, he could do it so it. it'll be interesting to see what happens did you see our our guy get drafted in the xfl draft by Luis? Luis perez baby yo he's the best quarterback in in that in the <laughs> league right now and he hasn't even started yet Yo, Luis he killed Perez. it in the AAF. He was, he was, he, that dude's just. Didn't phenomenal. the Rams have him in the on oh, in the Ram, preseason? Rams had him because they signed him. Yeah, and then that's where he kind of came up because people were like, "Dude, this guy was bowling two minutes ago." Yeah, and now he's an NFL quarterback. The Eagles sign him after the uh, AAF folds, and then the XFL comes around. He goes into the XFL where he's going to be a clear cut starter, and he is going to take over that league. And he's in LA. Yeah, I mean, quick quick thing before not to go too off track. But the interesting yeah, we've thing, been going off track. The interesting thing about the XFL today. is I heard that like they're they're making like fifty five thousand dollars or something. That's like per player. Yeah, I I don't know if it's you know that's where they're maxing out, but that was like a base salary or something. I think that's what it was about. That's for so, the XFL or AF? for the XFL. That's like that's like lower than practice. Th- see, squad. that's low, but. When you look at it in the other sense, like when you think about it, practice squad players get like three thousand a uh, week. Yeah, I know. That's what I was gonna say. I mean, when you think about it, though, I guess it gives you more incentives to really want to have the best people on because you don't want to be. You know what I'm saying? You actually like, want these guys to play. That's what I'm saying. Of- and and then it's like okay, and then they're actually gonna. You know how now in the NFL they they play and they play and they play and then they earn their contracts and they yeah. get that contract. This is even more so because they think, oh, I'm making nothing. I'm making a million dollars a year. They're making like an a- like I'd say like an average American salary. Yeah, maybe even under that. And risking their bodies for exactly. it. exactly. So they'll find the funding eventually. Hey, if didn't start off too hot, you had players paying for their own flights <laughs> yeah. to get to the other field, <laughs> which is ridiculous within itself. They're not supposed to be doing that. Anyway, uh, jumping into this game a little more. Sorry to break your heart, but uh, Matt <laughs> Matt Ryan, thirty for thirty six, two hundred fifty six yards, four touchdowns. This is that best looks game of the like year. a winning game to me. <laughs> but it wasn't. <laughs> I like how even when you have Matt Ryan at his best, his best, you still can't get it done. Devontae Freeman has a great showing. 19 carries, 88 yards. He's also in the passing game. Three receptions for 30 yards, two touchdowns. I was jumping up and down when he had two <laughs> touchdowns. I'm like, that's never going to happen again this season. So you're like, this is a recipe for success. This is a bad team. That we're going up against. We're on the road. We need this win. They're clicking. It's working. And it just didn't happen. So I feel like this kind of this kind of steers well, you know Falcons off a little bit. And, and the front office already said for the Falcons that they're not going to make a change at head coach until well, probably after the season. You, you want to know um, a funny thing? Speaking of the head coach, um, people because you know at this point you just have to find humor in everything because otherwise you're just going to be a depressed Falcons fan. So you have to find humor in things. And people were tweeting out. Matt Bryant took one for the team. He's now getting Dan Quinn one step closer to being fired. <laughs> That's very true. I really want to know how, what the players think of Dan Quinn. That will not come out until Ever, if he gets until fired. He gets until fired? After. That's not going to come out, I don't think. I watched watch Matt Ryan say, like, I feel like I just didn't reach my full potential with Dan, Dan Quinn. Like, he's going to say that. Yeah. I, well, I think – I don't think it's really – Devontae Freeman will say something because he's not getting touches. Well, I don't think it's really – the offense as much – I don't think it's really on Dan Quinn. I think it's more of – 
the defense, so like the defensive players, like for example, like Vic Beasley was a high pick for us. He was a first round pick. He hasn't done anything. Was supposed you to be got a stud. you got Grady Jarrett who has flashed potential and he got paid. But with his system, he they're, they're just not doing it. You have Trufant who is a pretty good corner, can't do much. Keanu Neal, Deion Jones, they've showed potential, but like injuries. with the system, injury, they're just not doing it. I mean, Dan Quinn can't prevent injuries. It can't happen. But I'm saying Deion Jones is out there right now. Neal isn't, but Deion Jones is out there and he can't do anything because they're playing this soft zone. And how is he going to play? Who do they trade for? With the Eagles, like two minutes ago, <laughs> not two minutes ago, but like oh. the, the Eagles, you remember Cyprian? Yeah, yeah. And Cyprian. now he's hurt. Cyprian, yeah. And and now he's on the IR. <laughs> they gave up like a fourth for him or something. And, like and that. now he's on the IR. He yeah. he lasted a quarter of a game. What was that trade gonna do for you, honestly? In all, in all honesty, well, I guess try to help with depth at safety. And at I, that I, point, I I'm pretty sure it was well known that Jalen Ramsey wanted out of. Of uh, oh yeah, because okay, of, of Jacksonville. This is this is my issue. Which would have been a good. This is my issue. The guy rid of Alford. The a- NFC. They got rid of Alford. Wasn't happy about it, but I get it. They're like, all right, he, he had a he had a bad season. He's getting he's starting to age. Like, they didn't like it. Fine. They have a rookie that they drafted the year before that they're they're apparently talking about. Okay, cool. Like, you want to bring him up? I get it. I get the decision. Until I saw him play, I don't get the decision anymore. Yeah. Like, I don't know if he has issues like he just looks confused Isaiah Oliver just looks confused out there that's the thing because they'll be playing zone and he's covering man on plays which is leaving guys wide open it, it doing vice versa it's just like what is happening out there and and that's what it is and what I was so surprised to see was after halftime we're down by like 10 or whatever it was <laughs> Dan Quinn did something I haven't seen in like a year what was it he played man it took defense? five and a half weeks to find out maybe your plan wasn't working. I think you called him out on this like ten times already. Yeah, you were just like, I could, I could see right now if we're in man, we should be good, but we're not. And this person, okay. this person is going to run an out route and be open. Yeah, and 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 this is the thing, they were winning twenty to ten by halftime, so then we gave up fourteen points in the second half. To be fair, like that that muffed punt that should have been our ball that, that they didn't give. To be fair, they called that a play, and they got onto our like forty yard line. So that's not really our defense's fault. They had they're basically going to score regardless. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, yep. even though the defense is bad, like so the second half the defense was playing so different. They were actually stepping up, making stops, doing well when they were playing more man. And I'm just like, where was this? You know what I'm saying? I don't I don't know if it had to take like to you to realize like okay, my job is definitely on the line now. I need to switch it up. I don't know what it took, but good luck. Playing man the rest of the season because it's not going to work. This was your shot to, to really figure it out. I think they need to blitz more, and I mean that's going to warrant more, mostly more, man. There could be zone. I blitzes, mean now they but... have enough time to experiment. One in five normally. Oh no, that's yeah, more but, of an experiment mode. Where but, it's kind of like let's try something different. Yeah, but the most at. Falcon thing to happen is we're going to be like we're one in five. We're looking to get a great draft pick right now. And the end of the season, they're going like a run. No, but at least make a move. Like the Falcons should have out at Oliver right now. I know you should. And 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 this is the thing. And you didn't and, push and, enough. And to that's get been him. and that's been basically, I'd say, minus us getting Tony Gonzalez in whatever year it was, 2010, something around there, whatever year it ended up being that we got him. Minus that, we really don't pick up many big names in free agency. No. And that all. has been an issue. Which, that falls on the GM, not the head coach. That falls more on the GM because it's been a recurring issue even before Dan Quinn got there. 
but they don't want to pick anybody up. And my thing is, if you're paying... I don't even know how the Falcons' cap space is right now. But, but what I'm saying is, if you're paying Julio, you're paying Matt Ryan, you're paying Freeman, you're paying um, Grady Jarrett, clearly, they like before all of this, they had money. Yeah. So they're not scared to pay players. That's not the issue there. They're just not paying... Like, they're not going out and getting them. And I don't know if they think, like, oh... Maybe they don't know how to pay these people. And, and, and yeah, that's the thing. Maybe they think, oh, well, what we have in-house, we'd like to work off of that better than just bringing somebody in that hasn't ever played with us and, like, we don't know how they're going to perform. Like, I don't know if yeah, that's... Yeah, there's, like, a whole new coaching staff. Dan Quinn was, like, already destined to be fired before the season started. So, so that's the thing. Like, I, I, I don't know what it is. I think at this point, though, you have, like, another week for the trade deadline. They have to do something. And they need to be sellers. They need to get rid of... I think on that defense, I think they need to start getting rid of some people. I'm not saying, like, major guys or whatever, but I think they need to start selling and getting either picks or getting pretty good, decent guys in return. I, I think they need to do it. I think the Falcons are a team where... I don't know. I don't think they should be scared to give up a first for someone if they need to. That too. Yeah. I don't, they shouldn't be. They should be a team that's out there where... Like, look at the Steelers right now. They have, like, a similar record, not too yeah. far off. And they're out there throwing first-round picks to get Minka. Yeah. So they, they're not afraid to make some moves. And that's the thing. And we're going to talk about some trades that happened yesterday in particular where if teams, if you're comfortable, give up as many firsts as you want. If you think you'll, you'll be fine, that's and, that's okay. And, and that's the thing. Like When you look at it on paper with the Falcons, they are pretty good in most positions. Like When you look at the players themselves, like offense, I think, all around, they're relatively good. Their line could be shaky, but we drafted. We're trying to fix that. Yeah. Then you go to the defense. I mean, Trufant is a pretty good corner. You got Neal when he's healthy, who's a good corner. And then Ricardo Allen, who's not bad either. He's a good complement to that. Deion Jones has been to the Pro Bowl. Grady Jarrett has been a great interior rush. Vic Beasley has on and off seasons. Tack McKinley has been back and forth. Same thing. Like, he flashes some really great potential. We have things to work with it's not like we have a huge gap like oh we just we have no running back and we have only like you know wide receivers or we have no secondary we just have a pass rush we aren't like that yeah we're pretty average at worst around the the gap so it's kind of like we don't need to i understand like yeah the picks whatever but but we need the now like my that's thing, what we need my thing is like the falcons are average above average probably more above average than average and you have a record of a team that looks like they're much worse than that. Like you have yeah. a you have a piece at least in every position where you should be good enough to not have only one win at this point. That's the sad part, and that's yeah. why the Falcons are so shaky to me. Yeah, and, it's kind of like and it's they've always kind of had that stink to them, you know, where it's like we're above average, but we perform below average all the time. Yeah, and and one thing that actually stood out to me because people had been talking about, uh, you know. Well, Dan Quinn took him to the Super Bowl the second year, and they made it to the playoffs and, and all of that. Um, something that actually came out that basically masked that defense was Shanahan used to have long and like efficient offensive drives. So he wasn't one to kind of take that deep pass. I mean, he would take the shot once in a while, but he's not the kind of coach that's going to, you know, launch the ball down the field. He's more of like, get my running backs involved, get these, get like, you know, get it to like a third and four and throw that short pass to get the first down and then we keep rolling. I keep that momentum going. So it kept the defense off the field. Right. And that's that's what the thing was. They were saying, you know, by having the offense time of possession was a lot higher beforehand and now since since Shanahan left, 
it's been the defense has been on the field more because Meanwhile, he hasn't lost a single game yet this yeah. season. So that's just even more punch to the face. Honestly, I don't think Falcons fans will ever get over losing Shanahan. No. Not at all. No. And I think what's weird is I feel like the Redskins have moved on from losing LaFleur, McVay, and, and Shanahan, Shanahan yeah. all on the same staff. I think they're like they care way less about that than the Falcons care about just losing Kyle Shanahan. Isn't that weird to think about? Well, because I mean, okay. Like the Redskins had the opportunity to fought, to hire any one of those guys if they could. Well, well yeah, because I mean, yes, they would have been in a lot better position, but but for example, like now it's coming out. But at the time, you didn't really know what you were going to like you didn't know, okay, this is definitely going to be a great move for them. Like for the Falcons, we knew what he could do. He got us to a Super Bowl. You know what I'm saying? We knew yeah. he you had that potential. We knew with it fit perfect with our like system, with our players, with our scheme. It worked. I just don't think he was ever going to stay unless he got the head coaching job. And of course, they're just like, no, Dan Quinn is our guy. And and that's the thing. I mean, when you when you look at it, let's say he even stayed around. Let's say like another year. Let's say he stuck around another year. So happen. so that next year, where uh, we lost to the uh, the Eagles, and then they ended up winning the Super Bowl that year. So we lost to them in the second round. Maybe we would have made another Super Bowl run. If we made it that far without him, you know what yeah. I'm saying? That that could have been it could have been one of those teams to where they make it back to the Super Bowl and he learned from his mistake and, and they take it. I mean and that's the thing, it's a bunch of what ifs in that situation. And that's why I feel like losing Shanahan was such a big like a devastating loss to the Falcons because he brought us to the Super Bowl and the last time that they were in the Super Bowl was nineteen ninety eight, nineteen ninety nine. Yeah. So But from a just a general like not you're you're a, you're a, a crazy fan for the for the Falcons, and it shows. But just as like a general football viewer, do you see Dan Quinn being fired at the end of the season? Don't think of it as a fan. You want him fired as a fan, sure. In real realistically, does he get fired? If they, you have to look at clean house of other 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 head coaches to compensate for like Dan Quinn, if you want to bring whatever guy you want to bring in to help you out, sure. But this better be good. And and that's, that's how the, I saw it. And that's the thing. And, and in my eyes. He did a. I think he did an okay job in that, in terms of bringing in Dirk Malarkey, Carter. an old head coach. That's your tight ends coach, but he definitely does help, and you see that in Austin with, Hooper. With Hooper. And, and now with Carter, Dirk Cutter, I never thought he was a good hiring, but he, it's kind of like he was a head coach a second ago. Let's bring him in. And and he's not you know a great head coach, but I think he's a pretty okay coordinator. Yeah. I think I think he's a good coordinator. So I think that was a good pick. Ironically, the worst decision he made was making himself defensive coordinator. And I feel like that's essentially You're not Bill Belichick. Get out of here. And and I think that's essentially what is is too is much his downfall. Too much. I think that's what it is. And when you look at it like I said, if you take all of the like take out my Falcons fandom for a minute and you just look at the stats, we are giving below average quarterbacks MVP numbers. <laughs> we're giving below average and and who at that point you fire you think okay, we're going to fire the defensive coordinator. That's our head coach. That is the system our head coach brought on. That is the system that he is now taking on as defensive coordinator. In my eyes, and the record shows, it's not like, you know, oh, they're they're not performing well on defense, but they're they're making up for it. Like they're they're making some stops, they're getting some some plays on defense, they're getting turnovers. They haven't had sa- a sack in three games. They haven't really had any turnovers recently. I mean, that's an issue, and that's all on him, in my opinion. That's do you remember do you remember Hugh Jack Hugh what's his name? Hugh Jackson. I keep, I keep not Hugh Jackman. <laughs> not Hugh Jackman. I always think about that. <laughs> no, Hugh Jackson, when he was the coach for the Browns and when they were doing really bad, this is this is pre-Baker Mayfield or anyone, he made himself the offensive coordinator. Yeah. 
And even with a bad team, he thought, I could handle this. Yeah. You can't. Don't do that to yourself if you don't have to. And that's the thing. And I think why he start, Dan Quinn did that was because when they made it to the Super Bowl, he was calling defensive calls that year. And uh, since then, the defense, I mean, they weren't awful. They weren't great, but they weren't awful in the past. Um, and like you said, they cleaned house because it was kind of like, this is your shot. Like, you have the opportunity. Take it. We cleaned house. Now it's up to you, and we're going to find out where the main issue lies. I just forgot that Dan Quinn's from Jersey. So it's like, come on, come on help us out here. Know. You know? But I, I honestly... <laughs> Respect the brand. Like I said, I think I personally do not see... He's brought a great culture to the locker room in terms of the players being very close with each other, the whole brotherhood aspect of it. He's really he's brought some nice things to the team. But all of it, like like I said two weeks ago. If it doesn't result in a win. That's, that's the thing. Like, two weeks ago, everybody was like, there were people tweeting out on the Falcons page after the game. They're like, cut it with the stupid slogans and just get a win. Like That's true. And, and that's, what, that's what it gets to at a certain point. It's like, it's good at... When to build that team chemistry, but after a while, if you're not winning, it doesn't matter what you say because then you're just spitting out BS and it's not resulting in what everybody wants. All right. Um, so getting into the rest of the stats here because we talked a lot of Falcons, um, probably for longer than we should have. <laughs> uh, but the Austin Hooper eight receptions, 117 yards, and a touchdown. Do you think he keeps up this consistency for the remainder of the season? Because I, I think he does. Because yeah. we've seen years where he has that monster game and he falls off. And even we said that earlier a couple weeks ago. I just think Malarkey makes a giant difference. As, as yeah. a tight end, I think he helps him in, there, in that offense. I always thought Hooper wasn't going to emerge as a great tight end, but it looks like he is. Uh, Julio Jones, eight receptions, 108 yards, no touchdowns. Calvin Ridley has a touchdown. I don't think he did much after his, that touchdown. I think it was in the first quarter um, or second quarter. I forgot. Um, Most new, three receptions, 29 yards, and then everyone else gets a piece. Luke yeah. Stalker doesn't get a yard off of his catch. Because um, at least there wasn't a pick. To and him, again, though. this defense is Swiss, Swiss cheese. Oh, uh, yeah. In all in all honesty, they're, they're giving up so many points; it's ridiculous. But I want to get into the Cardinals for a little bit, and then we'll move on here because this mostly was the highlight was the Falcons and what's going on. Yeah. Because the win was coming for the Cards. I picked them in this game because I I knew that the Falcons were in shambles and they were. Kyler Murray, what do we think of him so far? Twenty-seven for thirty-seven, three hundred forty yards, three touchdowns after having two straight weeks of no touchdowns through the air. And also ran the ball eleven times for thirty-two yards. What do you think of him? See, I again, I so can't watch him very closely this game. I can't make, to be honest, an honest assessment. Mark said that too. I can, I can. He's a good quarterback. He I, I, I can. He fits the scheme. Oh, for them, yes, I think he's a good quarterback. But overall, I'm saying like he's like I said, most quarterbacks. I mean, this is not. This is saying more about our defense than about any other quarterback. But most defense, uh, most quarterbacks are are throwing a wide open guys in that in the defense against the Falcons. So it's, at one point he was like I think like eleven for twelve with however many yards he was not throwing incompletions. And it's kind of like that's a a, a project a product of no pass rush and leaving guys wide open with this loose zone coverage. He, and he started throwing more in, incompletions when uh, they started playing man. Obviously not too much. He only had ten incompletions in total, but. Um, I mean, I think that he's doing well for them, but I don't like. I, again, I wouldn't. Same thing with Mariota. You, Mariota was talked about as wow, he had such a great week, and now he's benched yeah. because that was against us. You know what I'm saying? I I just don't. I don't know. I mean, we we played Deshaun Watson. He's on all around. We knew he was great. They were playing like the same quarterback every week. Yeah, I mean that's the thing. <laughs> you, you knew Deshaun Watson was good before. He didn't have to prove anything. Like you knew that before. Jacoby Brissett has been I think okay since I mean he went he balled out against us, but 
hasn't been great since. So it's kind of like I can't make an accurate. Dang, your schedule sucks. I know. I know. <laughs> we have like the hardest Bro, schedule remaining. You could potentially be one and eight. Like uh, potentially. Yes. Oh no. 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 We could potentially be one and fifteen. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I feel like maybe the Panthers, you'll have some leeway, and, and the Buccaneers, you got the Saints again, but three straight weeks of the Rams, who honestly, I th- I know they don't look so great right now, but they're but, gonna pick it up eventually, oh, yeah. and this is probably the game they do it. Watch Gerald Everett get like three hundred. This yards is gonna be their receiving. this is gonna be their turnaround game. It's, <laughs> it's gonna be the Rams turnaround. Like game. that's it's like their perfect like opportunity to do it too. It's just so weird. And then and the then Seahawks the week Wilson after Wilson is passing all over everybody. He's MVP basically of the season right now. And then the Saints who haven't lost under Teddy Bridgewater yet. I know. And they're supposed to be getting Drew Brees back probably by, that by week. then. Yeah. yeah. At the, so, by so November. That, it's 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 a rough. It's it's a it's it's a wrap. Yeah. There. <laughs> I mean. I'm not even going to talk about playoffs, but I'm saying for another playoffs? win. Playoffs? For another talk win. talking about playoffs. I don't even know if we can get another win. That's the thing. I yeah. mean, and that's not me being a jerk. That's me being honest. Like, I, it's going to be hard to get another win the way that, that they are playing. I have a question for you. Is David Johnson a running back or a wide receiver? I can't tell you. I, I don't know. Like, what? 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 <laughs> if you look at his receiving yeah. stats all year, and as opposed to this game, six receptions, 68 yards, and a touchdown, while Larry Fitz gets six receptions, 69 yards, they're putting in the same amount of work, basically. And then maybe if they need him to run in a touchdown, look, oh, look, he has 12 carries, 34 yards, and still gets a touchdown. 2.8 yards per carry, that's trash. Uh, but he's literally a wide receiver from the season. It's very yeah, weird. Yeah, I mean... Like, we always saw him as a great passing back. Yeah. He's absolutely athletic. But the way the way he came up, and the way he was brought into the game after um, Chris Johnson got hurt and they bring him in, he, like, was an unstoppable force. Like, he, yeah. you couldn't bring him down, so it was kind of like he was that classic running back who could also catch out of the backfield very efficiently. So he was, like, the next co- the coming of, like, the greatest quarterbacks of all time. And now he's, like, used primarily as a wide receiver. I mean, part of it, I think they didn't have Kirk this game. And also... Um well, they've been doing that even with Kirk. I know, but also when you when you're playing zone, he just runs. He's open. Just gets wide open. So he just does. That's just how it works. I mean, what do you think of the the way they're using him though? Him and Murray together. Uh, I I think, I think if they get that number one dude, and trust me, Larry's like his toe is out the door because there's always the opportunity yeah. for him to come back. But if they get like a extremely solid wide receiver for Kyler Murray, I think it's wrap. I think because Kirk is solid too. I yeah, think. He's, he's not awful good. when he's healthy. I I just think he's Larry Fitzgerald is not going to be around as long as Kyler Murray is going to be. He got has to get accumulated with the new guy coming in. I get think, him a stud. Yeah. I think I think it's over for that offense. I, I, I think, think that good. they have the potential, but I th- they still there's still a lot oh, to be done. Trash. That's yeah. There's still a lot <laughs> to be done for that team before. But if I you get see that greatness because that's what that's what Cliff Kingsbury was brought in for is that offense. Yeah. So it's kind of like if you have that down pack, maybe they can focus on their defense. They need to draft well too. They did not draft well this year. They no. took like five linebackers and thought that was a good idea. Yeah. Um, anyway, I'll move on from this game. I'm tired of this game now. Like I was mm-hmm. watching it last night, didn't finish it, and I was going to continue watching it just to kind of see what I missed. Not anymore. I want to talk about Seahawks Browns. That kind of stands out to me yeah. be- mostly because uh, watching that one, it was kind of like. Freddie Kitchens, what are you doing, my guy? Like, what's going on? Like, this game ended thirty-two to twenty-eight. The Browns fall to two and four. The Seahawks move on to five and one. Uh, what I'm talking about with Freddie Kitchens is they hand the ball off to Nick Chubb, 
and he's like in the end zone, but they threw a flag. He threw no, he threw a challenge flag as that was happening, so it just cancels out the play to challenge a touchdown that was previously not called. So it's kind of like you're challenging a touchdown that barely looked like a touchdown, as opposed to Nick Chubb just walking in to to the end zone. It just didn't make much sense. It's honestly, I like Freddie Kitchens, but you forget. All he had access to last year was four running backs in a running back room. Mm-hmm. And now he has to handle a whole team. And I never really thought about it that way. That's really tough to get a handle on that, don't you think? I mean, especially when this is the most hype they've had in a very long time. And like like I said, as a like as a player, there, there are teams that come in as underdogs each year, but they were the complete opposite. They were expected to do good things. And as a first-year head coach... It's hard in general as a first-year head coach to really have a good season because you go through learning curves. You have issues. You got to figure it out. It's it, you only can figure that out through making mistakes and learning from them. But with that added pressure, I feel like that's just what's making it worse for the Browns. Because hey, they have two wins right now. Two years ago, that would have been phenomenal. Yeah. But right now, it's it's not because of the expectations. The bar was set so high. It's not great at all. I mean, I just think that's what it is. I think. Most of the time when you have a new, whether it's offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator, head coach, whatever the case is, they got to work through some things and they don't always get the ball rolling right away. That's what happens when you hype up a team. It's everyone's fault in the media. And it's also the Browns' fault because they helped themselves up too. Yeah, they did. 100% they did. They can't even like fly, get any flack for that because of the way, you know, Baker Mayfield's been acting, the way, you know, like OBJ's been like somewhat quiet. Because like, what are you going to talk about? Yeah, he just got there. <laughs> he just got there, but at the same time, I expected him to be a little more vocal. Usually Jarvis Landry is pretty vocal, mm-hmm. but um, I haven't heard much. I think they're just accepting the fact that right, we're overhyped right now. we got to get our things together. Um, yeah. But anyway, the Seahawks, again, another another week where Russell Wilson doesn't throw, a t- throw an interception. 23 for 33, 295 yards, two touchdowns. Um, Chris Carson has a phenomenal game. When they have when they use their ground game, these guys are just unstoppable. At least when it works. Um, but Russell Wilson also had a touchdown on the ground on nine carries. Uh, Chris Carson twenty four for one twenty four and a touchdown, average five yards per carry. Tyler Lockett five receptions, seventy five yards. Everyone got a piece. And your boy TK DK Metcalf did pretty solid this game too. Four receptions, sixty nine yards. All I gotta say is get rid of that mouth guard, please. <laughs> I beg you. You look ridiculous. <laughs> He's a big baby. It? it looks so dumb. Like, it's funny to look at. Like, that one week he wore it, cool. Go back to, like, neon green. I'd rather watch that the whole time. <laughs> Not that. Because, uh, for one thing, people said he's been doing pretty well. But at the same time, it's kind of like, wasn't this what everyone wanted him to do? Like, I, I know there was that narrative right before he got drafted, and it may be a reason why he fell to the second round, is because... He's a bodybuilder as a wide receiver, like learning how to be yeah. a wide receiver. And I hate saying that because I just heard that this morning. I never saw it that way. I just think, you know, and old Miss, he just did the same thing he's doing now where he's just a downhill threat. Yeah. So it's like down, a deep route. And I was watching this thing the other day. You know Molly on first take? Mm-hmm. You know how she just doesn't shut up sometimes? Like I could watch first take. Yeah. yeah. But I, there was like there's like compilations on YouTube. About this, like, I don't, I don't know how much she can get hate, but she gets a lot of hate. I don't hate her that much, but she said, "Listen, DK Metcalf is Julio Jones, maybe even better than Julio Jones." And just like told Max that, and Max was like, "Okay." 
It's like, are you not taking into account DK Metcalf is Julio Jones? <laughs> oh, no. All right. The yeah. only thing that I need to say No to one's that, talking about that, but I think about it all the, the time. The only thing that I need to say to that is what was he talked about? He can only w- run one route. He can really run deep. That's what he was known. That was his whole like image coming into the draft. Julio can run literally. He's known for running run every route. So how is there? That's like the main thing. I mean, there's so many other things that I would compare. Believe me, but that's the easiest. Like, how do you even compare that? I'm gonna find her saying it just so you could be annoyed with me. There was also <laughs> speaking of that. I know we just moved on from the game, but you just reminded me of a video. There was a video of Larry Fitzgerald mic'd up talking to Kyler Murray. And I guess it was during warm-ups, and he was pointing over, and he was talking about Julio. He goes, that's the greatest wide receiver I've ever seen play the game. He's like, he's an absolute beast. Yeah. And that's coming from Larry. That's yep. respectable, coming from Larry. He's he's a, he's a Larry. He's living like Larry. Larry could say anything, and I'll believe it. Exactly. Sure Larry, Larry could tell me that the, the Falcons are going to win the Super Bowl right now, and I'd believe him. I, I would be like, yeah, okay, Larry. Just because he's Larry. Like, he's, all right, Larry. Like, if there was really one guy. I wish won a Super Bowl. If there was nice. one guy that is not on my team that I would just absolutely, you just can't, I love, it's him. He's just such a great guy. He's just such a great guy. Uh, you can't hate him. Yeah, what else I got here? But I like DK Metcalf, but everyone pump the brakes, okay? Uh, <laughs> David Moore, three receptions, 36 yards. Chris Carson, four receptions, 35 yards. Jerron Brown gets two touchdowns, three receptions, 29 yards. Did you see they did that celebration? Oh, yeah. Uh, do it. What was it? In sync? Yes. Bye, bye, bye. Bye, bye, bye. Yeah. yeah. I always, get, I always get, get them confused. But, yeah, I thought that was funny. Yeah, their defense goes off, too, with three picks. Baker Mayfield does not look good, man. Baker I, Mayfield is awful. Two straight weeks of, like, these and, types and this of numbers. And the ha- they had the win. They had this game won. It was just like what we were, uh, what was the game that we were talking about? We were talking about the Lions. It was the same thing. The Lions had the win. Same thing with the Browns. They actually had the win. And they just let it go. Because as you see here, they were, what is this? Like, uh, what is this? 12, 20 to like 18. What was it? What, what was the score at half? The score at half? Was that 18 to t- t- 20? Yeah, looks like it. So it's 18 to 20. The Browns are ahead. They're doing good things. And then they come out in the third quarter and just put up nothing. And that killed them. That absolutely killed them. But I'm really trying to find this clip. It makes me so mad. I'm looking at it. But anyway, I don't think I have it in front of me. I'm trying to find it. Like You know how they have like the title card? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like Julio Jones. Like The second I see Julio Jones, I'll see that. Um, yeah, but they were talking about DK Metcalf. I really wish I saved that just to show you that. But uh, any anything else I need to add on this game? I don't know. I think the Browns are just missed out on an opportunity Again. here, and there were some questionable decisions made by Freddie Kitchens. He'll I learn. think he's still a good fit for for Baker Mayfield. Just Baker, it's just on paper, just doesn't look good. I think and he. I mean, watching that 49ers game where, even though I I saw with my own eyes how bad he performed, it's just not. It's just not good. I think he uh I, I think he needs to like I, I wouldn't say he has a huge ego, but he has a bit of an ego. I think this is kind of like I think it's good for him. I think he needs to realize, you know, you're not going out here and winning MVP. It's not happening. And you need to actually, you know, put in the work, put in the effort, and you gotta put in that time. It's not gonna come 
just because everybody's saying you guys are going to do well, it doesn't mean it's going to happen. Like you need to still put in that work and put in that effort. And I feel like it's a good experience for him. It's a good experience for everybody, but he's just got to play better. I think the Browns hype will come later. I think just, I feel like it always happens where right now it's just not going to happen the first year. Yeah. But if anything, what's bad about this is this, if, if that hype was going to be around, this was the year to do it because the Steelers don't have their quarterback. Ben Roethlisberger's out till next year. Yeah. And when he comes back, I, I I'm going to, I say he takes over that role again. Yeah. Like a hundred percent. And you know, this, he's a team to compete with, with the Baltimore. Baltimore's probably going to take this division. And, uh, you know, the Bengals are basically in rebuild mode right now. Mm-hmm. And the Browns are supposed to be a solidified team. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't help that they don't have Greedy Williams and, and, Denzel, and Ward. Denzel Ward. Yeah. That's bad. That's so I get, I'll awful. give them a little benefit there. But they haven't had him for the last like three weeks. Yeah. It's been a while. <laughs> so, so it's like, that's pretty tough. So speaking of the Ravens, and I keep forgetting to talk about these trades that happened yesterday. Um. So Marcus Peters was hold on. I'm I'm totally missing it here. Yeah. So Marcus Peters was traded to the Baltimore Ravens, and the Ravens are sending linebacker Kenny Young and an undisclosed 2020 draft pick to the Los Angeles Rams in exchange for Marcus Peters. Like I said before, uh, Young is 24 and he's in the second year of his four-year, 3.099 million dollar rookie contract. And stands to make base salaries of six hundred sixty thousand dollars and seven hundred fifty k over the final two years of the agreement. Uh, Peter started six games for the Rams this season and recorded fourteen total tackles, two interceptions, with one being returned for a touchdown, four pass defenses, and a fumble recovery. I think they did this for one thing to help them out with some cap space, but at the same time, having Peters and Talib, no, no matter how great that sounds, it just wasn't working out for them. No, it was not. I think the Rams right now, I, even though they're making some of these power moves, they're trying they're help, trying to help their cap like as much as they can. Because mm-hmm. you know who's coming up next? Todd Gurley. I think that's their next move. Yeah, just to move him out. And even though that sounds like no, Todd Gurley is a lost is a Ram for life. I don't know about that, Chief, because you have Daryl Henderson back there who's just waiting for that opportunity to come well, around. And that's the thing. And and when you look at it from an organization standpoint, if you're willing you know, to pay somebody the big bucks, they need to be at a premium. They need to be doing something that other guys are not doing. And uh, whether he's hurt or not, whatever the case is from last year and this year, whatever, they want, whatever they're coming out and saying, you had C.J. Anderson go out there and ball out, and now you're having Henderson go out and ball out. So in my eyes... As somebody that's running this team, why would I keep this guy that we're paying? I know he's an amazing talent. I'm not putting him down. But why would you be paying him when he's going, like, there are other guys going out there and giving these same performances, you know, or, or they're doing better than him, you know what I'm saying? But In I game, know what everyone's thinking right now, and they're just like, why would they do this and acquire Jalen Ramsey, who is looking to get money? Uh, the Rams and the Jaguars finalized a trade that will send cornerback Jalen Ramsey to the Los, Ange- Los Angeles Rams in exchange for two first-round picks in 2020 and 2021 and a 2021 fourth-round pick. Um, for clarification, the, tra- the Jaguars are getting one first-round pick in 2020 and 2021. Ramsey's 24 years old. He's in the final year of his four-year deal worth up to $23 million. And uh, it, st- it stands to make a base salary of $3.6 million just for this season alone. He's under team control for the next two seasons. 
with his 2020 fifth-year option included, the Jaguars selected Ramsey with the fifth overall pick in the 2016 draft out of Florida State. So it looks like they're putting in some money for Jalen Ramsey now, which I think is very much worth it because I think he's a really good fit there. And I wasn't really expecting him to go to a really good team like the Rams. Yeah, I wasn't either. But he's there now. I'm okay with that. Do you think Marcus Peters has a better season with the Ravens now? Like, it, does this like even out for both teams now? Because mm. the Ravens' defense isn't that good. But it's do you think not, Peters helps them at all? I, I think Peters is a great player, but I just feel like that second, like, because they have uh, what's his name? They have uh, Eric Weddle back there at safety too. Yeah. So I feel like, um, I would would Peters be covering the number one guy? That's what I'm trying to figure out. I don't know either, dude. Because that's what I would say. If he's going, I don't know what he was really doing against in in L.A., but I feel like Talib would most likely be taking the number one guy. And and I just I feel like I don't know. I know he's had his issues this season. He did have great stats, but I'm saying he's had some issues as well. Um, I don't know if I know that now they have Earl Thomas on the Ravens and. That helps, but I just I don't know if that's gonna be I don't know if he's gonna be enough. I feel like they're gonna have to do some more buying, or they're gonna have to draft well at corner to to help build up that defense. Because I just feel like Marcus Peters, no, uh, he's a great addition, but I just don't think he's gonna be like that impactful. I, I don't think he's gonna be what the yeah. I don't think he's gonna what be the as Ravens impactful. Think they got yeah, for him. That's what I'm thinking. I guess, but that's again back to the Jalen Ramsey thing. That's mostly why. I assume that Todd Gurley will be out because you're going to put a lot of money into that corner. You also have to leave who's locked in. You have a pretty solid defense. They've always had a pretty solid defense. Mm-hmm. Todd Gurley hasn't been doing much. What's the next move? You probably move on for move on with him. And they can, rack up on some. They can get a ton know, of picks. They yeah. can get a great player. They can get something oh, yeah. out of that. They can do anything. And for, not for nothing, they can put it at – any position they want other than running back. Because, again, Daryl Henderson, he was a third-round pick in the 2019 draft. So it's kind of yeah. like they're just waiting for him to get his turn, I guess. Yeah. I don't know if that's what they're going for. But they just haven't used Todd Gurley to the extent that they should. He didn't even play this week. Um, But the, the 49ers beat them 20-7. to The Rams are now 3-3. Three and three. They lost three straight, right? I believe I so, yeah. the same boat as the Panthers. I think... Like no, not the Panthers. No, there's another there's a team. The I'm, Cowboys. That's what it was. Like, I was like, wait, <laughs> when no. I see the Panthers, I'm like, I think the I Panthers beat was, the Bucks this weekend. I was thinking about it. I'm like, wait a minute. Yeah. No, that doesn't like, seem no, right. That's not the, yeah, no, I was wrong. The, the the Cowboys, excuse me. But yeah, they're both kind of in the same boat. The same boat. Uh, the 49ers now are 5-0, and and they kind of went out to say that a lot of people call them pretenders. Yeah. I still think they're pretenders, dude. I think that this really win do. helps They them. have a good defense, but listen. We're going up against the Redskins next week. The Panthers could be a little bit of a challenge. We got the Cardinals, who they I think they can handle offensively. Yeah. Then the Seahawks, it gets a little difficult. They go against the, Char- the Cardinals again. Yeah. Within the span of like two weeks. Yep. They go against the Packers, the Ravens, the Saints. That's where it's going to get tough. You know what I mean? Yeah. I just don't. I don't know. I think they're just going to keep this narrative rolling. But see, I think that this win. Was I, I actually I, think the, I think the it, Cardinals give them a run for their money a little bit. I'll get to that. I think that this win was a little bit better though because, you know, like you said, they were beating some teams that weren't 
spectacular. I mean, I th- I personally think the win over Pittsburgh, regardless that they weren't playing Big Ben, I think that that was impressive because they fumbled or they didn't fumble. They got they had five t- like turnovers and they still won. That that's impressive in my eyes. I know it's a sloppy game, but they still found a way to win. And I feel like this, but this is like you know the Rams. They've had as we've mentioned in the past. They they, they were whatever record they were at the time, but they weren't impressive. And it. I guess you know you could look at it that way, but I think just beating the Rams, they were in the Super Bowl last year. I think that's, that's a, a I think good that's an win. It's a good win to settle in there, but I'm still not sold. For the reason being, Jimmy Garoppolo. What is that? There's not enough people talking about him. You know, 24 for 33, 243 yards in a pick. I just haven't seen the Jimmy Garoppolo touchdowns that we should be seeing up to this point. I mean, we're paying him. Yeah. The, they're paying him the big bucks for a reason. I mean, he should be getting like I, I three get touchdowns. I understand it. I think at the end of the day, it's getting overshadowed because they're winning. Like, I, it's the same. It's like I think it's it's like the opposite. So, like with the whole thing now, the whole situation with uh, Marcus Mariota, how now he's getting benched. I think he's getting benched, and everyone's looking at his stats. And I mean, I'm not saying that Jimmy Garoppolo and Mariota are the same player, but I'm saying you know they could put up like that. That seems like. I mean, plus a little bit more yards. That seems like a Mario to stat line. But they lose. I mean, he's pretty even right now. He has a, basically a 70% completion percentage. 1,100 yards, 7 touchdowns, 5 picks. And that's what I'm saying. Like you're, They're not talking about it more in a negative light because they're winning. I just think that's what it is. I think so, too. But do you think he is their solidified guy? I mean... He's think- riding high right now. I think for now he's he's good. I, I think they're riding high on their backfield. Well, that's the thing. I what's gonna happen is when they go up, as, as we said, and like towards the middle of their schedule, middle to end of their schedule, when they go up a little bit more with competition, in terms of getting better defenses that they're going against, I feel like that's really gonna be the key. It's gonna be if they're a good run stopper. How are they? How is Jimmy Garoppolo now gonna handle that game? What do you think of Tevin Coleman coming back and just? You know, having a pretty solidified role in this backfield where we talked about Mostert and we talked about Wilson mm-hmm. and we talked about Burita being a big role. But he steps in and it's kind of like you kick everyone out. He had 18 carries, 45 yards, and a touchdown. Average 2.5 yards per carry, not so great. And honestly, looking at it, it's tough to see that I traded for him. But at the same time, in the backfield too, he, he he's I think he could be utilized very well. Which is which kind of adds on to it. I, I think his but eighteen carries for a guy like him in in Atlanta they didn't do that at all. He would get like eleven. Well, that's 10. the thing. I I think that the reason that he is he kind of like who has been on a tear for them and they just decided to they this wasn't even a split. They kind of leaned more towards Coleman. Yeah, and I feel like the reason that they he kind of jumped to the top of the totem pole in a sense was because he has he has chemistry. He has a background with Shanahan. Shanahan knows exactly what he's going to get out of him because he had him in Atlanta. And he Shanahan was a huge fan of him in Atlanta because he liked how he could run and he could also, he was a great pass catcher. So that's, Shanahan liked it. Shanahan went out and got him and now that he got him for a reason. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And they also picked up McKinnon, but he's not he's not back yet. So I don't know. I think that the, the chemistry between them two is kind of what's going to give him that little bit of edge. I really liked Tevin Coleman, and I just feel like I liked him before Devontae Freeman had that huge year. It was like one A, one B, and that was the thing. I that's why, but you knew it was happening. Just like when I said with Shanahan's leaving, we knew I knew Coleman was going to be gone. 
After by by the way, last year was I'm just like he's just not he's it was just we're so not going to be when able I saw to the signing. I'm just like yeah, Shanahan was like yo come back. Yeah, like, yeah. Okay, I could use you here. Exactly, it's exactly what it was. Uh, we got George Kittle eight receptions, 103 yards. Love Kittle. Uh, Pettis gets three receptions, 45 yards. Everyone's still waiting for him to come around. I still haven't seen a lot out of Marquise Goodwin this year. I feel like surprisingly, I feel like he was going to be a really good target for Jimmy Garoppolo, and it just hasn't happened. I keep thinking Debo Samuel is going to have a great game. And nothing really happens. I feel like he had one good game this year, and everyone got high on him, and then kind of went downhill from there. So it's kind of been a little iffy. Um, but this, but the most most important part here again, the 49ers move on to five and zero. So we shouldn't be evaluating their issues. Oh. The issue right now, I didn't yeah. even notice that. Yep, yeah, I didn't believe it when I heard it today because I because no. this game I didn't watch too closely. I didn't watch it. Too Jared Goff threw thirteen. I don't know how this is possible. He threw thirteen <laughs> times on twenty four attempts. Usually you think 120 yards. He got 78. Oh, God. that is bad. And I don't even want to say losing Todd Gurley was a factor here, because as soon as I saw you know Malcolm Brown is coming in, I'm just like, yeah, they're not going to miss a step. 11 carries, 40 yards. I don't think Todd Gurley would have been too far off. Terrell Henderson had six carries for 39 yards. He helped out a little bit in his absence. Higby had the most yards. That's how you know this is bad. He had he had 25 yards. Cooks had 18. He's still recovering from a concussion. You have Cooper Cup with only 17 points. 17 points, 17 yards. I'm thinking fantasy for some reason. <laughs> this is a whole big fantasy episode we got I going mean, on it's, here. But overall, oh, I'm no. not going to hinder too much in this game. I mean, the 49ers, just, they're just good just, on defense Yeah, that was right just not, not good by golf. You cannot be doing that, especially without Todd Gurley. What a gift it was for the Cardinals to take Kyler Murray – just to and that front office for the Niners didn't have to think for one second as to what the next pick was going to be, because mm-hmm. they knew for months this could have been a, a thing. Yeah, <laughs> they didn't even have to look at it for a second. They knew exactly they were going to take Nick Bosa, and I think he is a great fit for them. Uh, what game should we get into next? Since we're kind of up on time, and there's a lot of games to cover. I'm not going to talk about Titans-Broncos. All no, I know, fine, I, I, I just know that, you know, Mike Vrabel's like, we're going with Tannehill. Yeah. Is it the end of Mariota? I believe so, because as we've talked about in previous podcasts, we said this is his make-it year. Make it or break it. This is his last year. He's on his contract year, and he hasn't performed great in the past. I mean, he's gotten into the playoffs, but he hasn't performed great in the past. And I feel like that this was his year where they're kind of like, all right, we're going to see what we're going to do. There's a lot of good quarterbacks coming up in the draft. So we're gonna see what we're gonna do with our make our move if we're gonna stick or we're gonna. Well, like, where does he go after this? Is he just like a backup? At best, because who needs quarterbacks out there? Really, who really needs a quarterback? Yeah, that bad. Where we're like, we'll take Mariota. We'll just take him. I we'll like see. Every team that needs a quarterback, like we're gonna wait. Well, see, I don't know if like you know him. I I mean more and so like him being the quarter like the starting quarterback. I don't know if he, they might keep him around but not have him as a starter. Because I mean, realistically, Tannehill as a backup, I don't see that. He's he's, well, he's on a free agent at the end of this. That's year. what I'm saying. He's he's on his way out. He's he's up there. Mariota's at least only been in the league. This is his fifth year, I think. He's still young. You, no, I'm saying Mariota's a free agent after this. Year. Oh yeah, 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 I know. But I'm saying I think that. I think what they should do. I honestly, I don't think if I was a would you leverage. I don't really think many teams would pick him up, and I don't mean. 
that in disrespect to his talent. I just mean in terms of like you said, quarterbacks. There's not many teams that really need it. Like the Bengals. Like who? No, the Bengals are going deep in that draft. They're like we're going all in for a quarterback. So that's what I'm draft. saying. Like they're they're the only team. Watch Fromm go to the Bengals. Like I could see that. Like that's the thing. A lot of other teams are relatively okay. So I feel like uh, he'd have to be a backup. I, said, I think he lost his job. I said last episode with Mark that Jameis, by default, with how he's been playing this season so far, is already going to get his contract because Arians went to the Buccaneers because he liked Jameis Winston. Yeah. So I think he gets his contract. After the game he had, is it bad my opinion has not changed? Well, I mean, he had like seven turnovers well, by himself against the Panthers. Well, yeah, but your your analysis was not on his his play. Your analysis was on the coach. So I don't I don't blame you for not changing that. I mean, at that point, if he sees something in a player, he sees something in a player. Like, okay, if he, whatever it is, it's unique to Jameis. That's what he sees. I mean, you're not gonna. He clearly doesn't want to go out and grab anybody else. He's he, there's gonna be bad games. There's gonna be good games. It's gonna happen. I mean, it makes the case, you know, that. This is not good that he had the game he did, but you just got to see how he rebounds and how he's played in the past and how he's going to continue to play. It's Arians sees something in him, and I don't think he's going to give up on him that easily. It's just weird that I, I, if you were to ask me a while ago if Mariota would last out longer than Jameis, I would think I would have thought Mariota. Yeah, he had so much upside. Dude was throwing balls to himself. I know. In a playoff game, they were at least like making a push. Yeah. But um, then they move on from Malarkey and go to Vrabel. I know he's got some different things in mind. Every coach is always going to say, we're not making a change yet. Oh, yeah, because <laughs> they don't, they don't want to cause issues and uproar and everything. And What do you think of Kyle Allen? Okay. Dude has not thrown a pick. I Okay, this, this I, I talked to Mark about he, this. I think he tied the record for with Dak. I talked to Mark about this, and, and the reason that I'm not very impressed with him is because McCaffrey balls out. Did Mark tell you the same thing he told me? What? He said, I don't know, bro. I think Kyle Allen just took Cam Newton's spot. I don't know. Okay. There's no way. There is no way. This this is what I think. Ron Mc- Rivera, McCaffrey is, his whole career is based off Cam Newton. McCaffrey is way... McCaffrey is balling out. Like I said, he is coming out. When you have... Like, like his stats here are good. But, but, you know, like when you think about it, like we said, you know, he's got 227 yards and two touchdowns. We go back to, uh, and they got the win, so it doesn't matter. And then you're talking about before Matt Ryan, where we were like, oh, he got 456 yards, four touchdowns, no picks, and you think that's a win. But it's not a win. That's because the quarterback had to take control of that game, but the defense didn't help him out. This is a case where, you know, he's, he's doing well, obviously, because they're winning, but I think it's more so because of Christian McCaffrey. I think if you took Kyle Allen out of that offense and put Cam back in, it wouldn't be too different, but if you took McCaffrey out, that's a whole different offense. I don't think Kyle Allen, just by default right now, just because he hasn't thrown a pick and has thrown I, five touchdowns, and that's what I'm saying. That Cam Newton, that he's just took the place of Cam Newton. I, I don't think, I, in my he opinion, he hasn't proven anything. I think Will Greer is better than Kyle Allen. Yeah, and, overall. and and I mean, I'm not. I don't think Cam Newton is like you know this extremely great quarterback. I'm not a huge fan of him in terms of his quarterback ability. He's he's very athletic player. He's a good playmaker. But in terms of quarterbacks, I'm not a huge fan of him in terms of him as a quarterback. I just don't get what merits him taking the but, spot of Cam but, Newton. But, that, but that's what I'm saying. Cam Newton, at least he's made it to the Super Bowl. He's made it to playoffs before. He's he's done things for that organization. You're not gonna you're not willing to just cut him loose just off of one guy going three and zero or whatever four and zero whatever it is. 
I don't think it's worth it. And no. and he hasn't proven it. I said McCaffrey's doing everything. McCaffrey's such a stud, dude. He, that's the thing. This it, game, like, he could go anywhere. He could play anywhere and do yeah. anything. It's just absolutely ridiculous. He'll have a touchdown on the ground, a touchdown receiving, whatever. Just whatever. He's just... I, I did Honestly, in fantasy, I still... I, I don't know why. It's just like... He was always going to be a, like a, a number three pick. Or yeah. Something like that. But like the first two people I get picked are like David Johnson and Kamara. Or Gurley over him. I think he's completely flipped that narrative. Yeah. Easily. Yeah. He's such a great player. It's absolutely insane. I think now for that number one pick for fantasy, I think it's more between him and Barkley right now. Probably. I'd say, I'd say it's between to them two. Winston had five picks this game. And he also... Didn't he fumble it a bunch too? Fumble twice. One of them and he lost. And I had the luxury of starting him. I kept seeing the memes that kept saying like, huh. whenever I bench Javis Winston, he goes off. But whenever yeah. I start him, it's well, because I had uh, what's it called? It was I bad had... from the jump. The fact that they're in London, I don't think Jameis could tra- travel like that. Well, I had I think it was Josh Allen. I had and he was on a bye week, so I had no choice. And Jameis was like the only option. So it's just like I guess like I don't... the best pickup I've ever made. Was for Kyler Murray as soon as we were done drafting. Because <laughs> now I have him and Tom Brady. And I can play either one of those guys and they're putting up the same numbers. Yeah. I'm awesome. Anyway, but he had 400 yards passing through 54 times and 30 attempts. Chris Godwin's an absolute beast. Yes. <laughs> you don't yes, even have to is. look at those numbers to know that. He's been going off this year. It's been the Chris Godwin year. I just... You saw this coming... But it's just like I didn't expect him to overshadow Mike Evans this quickly. Like I thought he was just gonna be the guy kind of knocking on the door on Mike Evans, being like, "All right, I'm on my way." Yeah, I mean, minus the game that Mike Evans had against 51 yards, this dude just gets open. He just gets open somehow. I know. Minus the game where Mike Evans had against New York, he's been in the shadow to Godwin. I think for the most part. Cameron Bray gets a touchdown. Doesn't like OJ Howard, and OJ <laughs> Howard doesn't like kids. <laughs> By the way, that catch that he made in that Tampa Bay That game, was insane. Yeah. Does, does that go to the children? <laughs> my question is, why can't you do that with a bigger ball <laughs> well, coming at you well, slower? First of all, Jam- it's not his fault. Jameis isn't throwing to him. Jameis is throwing a camera break. What, whatever. Or Mark likes to call him Connor Brate. Connor Brate. <laughs> Let's talk about the worst game of the week, but it ended up being a really good game. Like, I mean, worst game of the week because of how bad Records, the two teams yeah. are. Uh, the Redskins were 0-5 coming to this game. And uh, oh, but oh. and the and the Dolphins coming off a bye. What, they were off a bye, right? They were 0-4, yeah, yeah. I think. Yes. This just makes me this really... This ended 17-16. Dolphins continue to be 0-5. And, and the reason I'm bringing this game up over the other great games that happened is because Brian Flores came out today and said Ryan Fitzpatrick's the starting quarterback this week. What are you doing? You already made the decision to keep Rosen as the starter for the remainder of the season. You're why? making some really bad choices, why Brian does, Flores. Why does nobody... Why is it when Ryan Fitzpatrick comes on the team, nobody knows who to pick quarterback? Why, why, no, why is that what happens? My issue, my issue with this is, like, like the Redskins did, they said, listen, we can't keep changing quarterbacks back and forth. That's the right and decision. You know the reason for that, right? is because if one person's getting first-team reps, the other one isn't getting first-team reps. That's just yeah. plain and simple. So if you put them in the game without first-team reps, 
They're, it's basically like they barely even prepared coming into this week. How do they the know thing. they're supposed to be like we're getting ready to start? Like maybe some of them get some first team reps, maybe give them a break every now and then, but that throws off the tempo a lot. I feel awful for Josh Rosen. I feel awful. Yeah, I, he deserves better. He is not bad. He's not a bad quarterback. He's making good throws. They're just not making catches. I just hate how he was given the blessing. Like, listen, we're gonna start you all year. Let's see what you got. We're not going anywhere. We're gonna get a top pick. Maybe you're our future. We're giving you a I shot. Just, I don't get it. And they give I don't the, and he, it. he has that mentality now where he's like, I have a lot to prove. Let's get after it. And now he's benched again for Ryan Fitzpatrick, who's out the door already. Yeah. It, that just doesn't make sense. It's not the. I mean, I'm not the head coach. I don't make the decisions. I'm. I've never been a head coach. I I don't know, Obviously. but but I'm just saying, like it's. I would have just let the the guy ride it out. He's at this point. You're you're looking at okay. Are we going to keep him as our franchise quarterback? Why? You know what I'm saying? Like obviously Fitzpatrick is not. So I I don't get it. I don't get it either. Awful. Um, and now they got to move forward. That still haven't not won a game, but the Redskins finally cash in here. Uh, Case Keenum, 166 yards, two touchdowns. Terry McLaurin is an absolute stud. Got both of yes, them. Yes, he is. <laughs> on 100 yards receiving. Adrian Peterson. That's what a new coach gets you. Well, we mentioned this last week that Bill Callahan said he wanted to run the ball. That's that's what happens when you run the ball. <laughs> and he did. And I, d- I didn't expect it to work because well, they have no line. Well, you have Adrian Peterson, who's his, who's pretty yeah. much a second choice. He called the shot. He said, career, "Dolphins, we're gonna run, try and stop us." They told him that, <laughs> yeah. and they still couldn't yeah. do it. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. <laughs> it's it's ridiculous, and I mean, even Rosen and Fitzpatrick, pretty much, we're both starting this game. Rosen throws two picks, and apparently, it's the end of the world. Um, but I, I mean, I understand that you're close. You have an actual shot at winning this game. But going out and saying that putting Fitzpatrick in moving forward is going to help you after you already mentioned that Rosen's going to yeah, be but, the starter, that's ridiculous. But All in what itself. kills me about this game is that they were so dumb. That two-point conversion, fine, go for the win. I get it. You don't have a win. But the play they drew up, what the hell was that? I don't know. It was it was doomed from the start. Like, there was no shot. So I just, I don't get it. Brian Flores, get your act together. Yeah, get your act together. <laughs> <laughs> Let's move over to the Bengals, who are also 0-6 now. They fall to the Baltimore Ravens, 23-17. to Ravens are 4-2. This game looks... Disgusting. Very gross. I didn't watch a lot of this I game. I didn't either. I'm not going to lie to you. I, I didn't watch this game. I no. had no interest in it. Andy Dalton's not throwing touchdowns. He's throwing 40 times, throwing a pick, as he does. But he gets a touchdown on his feet. Auden Tate is a stud. Oh, is Alex Erickson? Never seen him? They is like he to the g- they like returner? No, they like to give him the ball more than uh, Tyler Eifert. So thanks. Appreciate it, Andy Dalton and the Bengals and Zach Taylor. What the hell? Why? Because when he's out there, he looks like Eifert from the front. <laughs> but he's not. <laughs> Which is he's weird. Erickson. I'm going to click on him real quick. He looks like, like when he's out there, he does look like him, like with the helmet That's on and funny. everything. Uh, he's a little skinnier. He is, but f- I mean, the the angle you're not gonna see it from right there. I mean, you can TV. also tell by the number twelve. But I feel like yeah. when I see Erickson, I'm like, oh, it's Tate. It wasn't. Um, but he had four receptions, forty-seven yards. This is just for them compensating for losing Green, which who might end up being traded. Yeah. Wait, <sighs> but he doesn't want to. But I feel like everyone says that. Yeah. NBA players say it all the time. I, I just, you don't think NFL players will do I the same like, thing? I don't like. 
the era he he compared himself to Larry Fitzgerald and said like I want to I want to have a career like his where I stay in one place and my my legacy will be left behind and it makes me look better. That era for Larry Fitzgerald, no one's ever going to play on a team for 10 years ever again. The yeah, way money so. gets thrown around nowadays. Yeah, cuz then people don't want to pay them anymore. So, that's what happens. You know, I I would relax AJ Green. I think once the Rams come knocking on your door, they'll like, yo, what's good? Rams, you think you're gonna say no to that? Yeah, absolutely not. Um, Joe Mixon hasn't been getting much work because their line is absolutely awful. And now the Ravens again, I didn't watch this game entirely, but it's kind of the same game script they have every week where Lamar Jackson runs the ball a lot. (laughs) Yeah, that's a lot more than 100 yards more on the ground than his own running back. Wow, (laughs) that's Mark Ingram had 52, Lamar Jackson had 152. And I hate how Lamar Jackson claims that he hates running and only does it if he has to. You don't have to run 19 times for 152 No, yards. you don't. You really don't. I don't care how bad your line is. You don't have to run that much. He was 21 for 33 with 236 yards. Mark Andrews, thank you, sir. I'm so glad that even though he's hurt every week, he still manages to get him the ball with six receptions, 99 yards. Miles Boykin, two receptions. Everyone else gets two receptions. Seth Roberts, M- Mark Ingram, Willie Sneed. Honestly, were you expecting the Bengals to get a shot at this game? No. no. Moving on here. <laughs> what, is what we got? Oh, this is a boring game. What is Jags it Saints. What do we have? One. I just want to get through the stuff I don't want to talk about. Two, three. Four, five. Oh, no, wait. Skip that one. Five, five more? Six. I didn't watch this game. Steelers, Chargers. I didn't watch I don't that. even want to talk about it. No. But go ahead. Oh, we, t- we talked about the game. Oh, we don't have much left. All right. Saints, I'm not going to talk about this one that much either. I say that every week, but I end up taking a deep dive in it. But, again, the Saints haven't lost with Teddy Bridgewater. Do you think Teddy Bridgewater is the real deal after Drew Brees is done? Now that you've seen no. him you know, actually um, game plan with, and get first-team reps and actually have a couple games with them and understand what they're going for here. Well, are, are you saying with New Orleans or you're saying – With New Orleans. Uh, yeah, I think with New Orleans he could I be okay. I think every time he wins a game, I'm just like, he was probably this close to signing with the Dolphins. Well, okay. This being their starter. This is the thing. I think that this proves more about Sean Payton than it does about Teddy Bridgewater. And I think this shows that Sean Payton is just one of those great coaches to where you have a, uh, something in your system and you need to completely change it, and he does it on the fly. And, I mean, Teddy Bridgewater is in no means a bad quarterback. He showed he had great potential in Minnesota. But there, he's very different than Drew Brees. And Drew Brees, you know, he's going to be a Hall of Fame quarterback. It's kind of hard to replace that. So when you throw somebody in like this, the game, the game plan is completely different than what they were doing with Brees. And I think that the way that they could still game plan and still win these games, I think that's impressive on Peyton's side. And I feel like that's why a lot of times you see these guys leave New Orleans and they're not doing nearly what they did you got jimmy graham you got you know kenny stills brandon cooks just some guys like i forgot kenny stills was on the saints you got colston like he's got some of these guys you never hear of them again after that and it's just kind of like i don't know if that's by chance you know what i'm saying i feel like that's just i feel like he plays a factor sure but it's like I, I feel like as Teddy long as Bridgewater Sean Payton wasn't is there, bad before. No, he wasn't. Payton, he's just better with Sean. Payton. And that's what I'm saying because it's he, he's combined. He's good talent with a great coach, and I think that's what it is. This game was just awful to watch. Honestly, it was. I think Saints. I would have picked the Saints a hundred times out of a hundred times if you were to ask me. Uh, 
Kamara didn't do much this game on the ground. Latavius Murray had more yardage than him on the ground. Uh, Michael Thomas had eight receptions, 89 yards. That's a pretty decent game by him. Jared Cook reaches the end zone. That'll happen every now and then as well. But the Jaguars didn't do much else either. This was mostly a defensive game. It was Mm -hmm. just a stalemate, honestly. Gardner Minshew almost started him in fantasy. Good thing I did not uh, because he only had like four points. But he had 163 yards and a pick. I think he comes back uh, this week and actually does pretty decent. I think they go up against the Cardinals, if I'm not mistaken. No, I'm wrong. Uh, they go up against the Bengals and then the Jets. Um, so, Some potential bounce back. Very potential. A lot of potential there. Uh, very potential. Sorry, I said that. <laughs> but Leonard Fournette, 20 carries, 72 yards. That's Leonard Fournette numbers plus three, you know? Yeah. <laughs> That's basically yeah. it. Uh, but yeah, I, I like Leonard Fournette this year. I think they just, I think they're figuring out him out a little more, and I think he's getting yeah. a grasp. And he hasn't been hurt yet. Now that you said that, he's going to get hurt this week. I know. <laughs> Watch that happen. Receiving game, D.D. Westbrook, three receptions, 53 yards. D.J. Chark, three receptions, 43 yards. Not much is happening through the air. 13-6, to six, watching this game, everyone's changing the channel. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, do I, I mean, do I have to go into in-depth analysis about no. it? No. I mean, I'll, t- maybe, I'll give you this. This is my free gift to you, and anyone else could do this. It doesn't have to be me. Let's look at the Saints schedule. Um, we got the Bears next week. This may be Teddy's first loss. That it could be, yeah. Uh, you got the Cardinals the week after, so if like you lose, you bounce back. I mean, the Bears are technically in last place in the NFC North. Yeah. Are you worried about them? Like, is it is like do you can you see the Saints winning this game? Like, is it weird that automatically our assumptions about this team is that their defense is so good that it's impossible for them to lose? Because I'm starting to hate thinking that way because it screws me over. Well, what what gets me hesitant to pick the Bears is that the Saints have the way they've been winning with Bridgewater is it's like okay they need to score like they've put up over 20 points. Oh, it's a defensive battle and we kind of need to get like into field position and score. They've also done that against good defenses. So that's I mean the, the thing. Saints on defense are also doing really well too. And that's the thing. So it's kind of like well. They're morphing into whatever kind of team they need to be for that game. Yeah. So if we need to, you know, air it out a little bit more and score more points, we're going to do it. If we just can get in a field goal range or whatever and, like, we don't have to force it and we just get field goals and that's how we win, that's how they win. Yeah. Well, they got the Cardinals the week after uh, this week. Then they got the Falcons, division game. A lot of division games coming up for them. And then they got the Bucks. They go back to the Panthers. Falcons again. Yeah, so it's just all division games for four straight weeks going into all of November. is just division games for them. Niners, Colts, Titans, Panthers, all winnable games for them, especially whenever Drew Brees comes back. But I think yeah. I'm in full confidence mode, even with Teddy Bridgewater in the game. So yeah. I don't know if if Sean Payton is bluffing when he says that the guy after Drew Brees is Teddy Bridgewater. This makes a good case for him, sure. But I, I really do think Sean Payne goes into a draft – and he sees a quarterback he likes, and he tries to put Teddy in some competition. Yeah. I mean, competition, it's not always bad. No. Like, Sometimes, Teddy has to win the starting job. Yeah. he's lost it before in, yeah. in Minnesota. By an injury, of course, because of yeah. the ACL tear. But losing a job is losing a job. Exactly. Because he never got it back. Uh, What's another game we go here? Let's go to an exciting game instead of me trying to house clean from everything else. Let's go to the Minnesota Vikings and the Eagles. The Eagles lost this game, thirty-eight to twenty, against the Vikings. The Vikings are four and two, right where they want the NFC North. And the Eagles fall to three and three, right in the thick of things, with the Cowboys, who have lost three straight games. So that's not good for them. 
But the Eagles did struggle to score at the beginning and end of this game, as you can see from the box score. Mm-hmm. But Carson Wentz didn't do too bad this game. I still think they're struggling to find an identity in the run game. I just I just hate how it's running back by committee for the Eagles. That makes me hate them ten times more for being a Giants fan because it's like a lot of teams would kill to have a player like Jordan Howard. Who is Boston Scott? Boston Scott? I don't know. You tell me. <laughs> and the fact that Miles Sanders has the least amount of rushing yards and lost to Boston Scott, I don't know. Bro. I don't even know who that I is. I don't know. But at the same time, it's like, yeah, like I said, uh, a lot of teams would kill to have Jordan Howard on their team and yep. run him 30 times, and he stuck with the Eagles and doing yep. that. Uh, Miles Sanders reaches the end zone on three receptions on 86 yards. Alshon Jeffrey also reaches the end zone with 10 receptions. I, I, I Is it safe to say that Carson Wentz likes him? <laughs> I, I think it is. I, I think, think it is, yeah. Zach Ertz, four receptions, 54 yards. That's the least amount of yards he's had all season. So that dude's also a stud. Um, honestly, I just want to talk about the Vikings. <laughs> and their guy, Kirk Cousins and Stephon Diggs. Mm-hmm. Kirk Cousins threw 29 times, completed 22 of them, 333 yards, four touchdowns, and a pick. Which is better than seeing 15 you know, completions on 19 attempts. Yeah. Alexander Madison had a lot more carries than Dalvin Cook. No, had a lot more yards than Dalvin Cook. Yeah. But Dalvin Cook does reach the end zone. Again, the Eagles are a tough front to verse. And you can see the tough defense they go, the tough defenses they go against. Like the Bears, you kind of had the similar, similar type. Yeah. But expect Dalvin Cook to continue the way he's been running moving forward. I mean, we got the Eagles coming in, uh, the Lions coming into this week. Redskins the week after, that should be a wash. Chiefs, honestly, their defensive front hasn't been so great. Yeah. Even with Frank Clark there and everything. Frank Clark has been an absolute yeah. nobody. But that should still be a good game. Cowboys are in shambles right now, and they're on prime time, and you know how the, the Cowboys do on prime time. But Kirk Cousins <laughs> also sucks on prime yes. time. So that should be... An awful quarterback showing in that game. It's it gonna be Zeke and it's and gonna be Cook. Zeke and Dalvin Cook all day long. So expect that to happen. But again, Stefan Diggs, it's a storybook, man. The week before, the Vikings' first pass goes straight to Stefan Diggs, and now he has seven receptions, 167 yards, and three touchdowns in this game. And what did I do in fantasy? I made him trade bait, and it worked. Because I don't think he could keep this up. No, it's I don't not think it's gonna will happen. There's no will. way. Uh I just think that he, it, I feel like he just plays the Eagles very well. I don't, I don't know if you think the same way. Adam Thielen reaches the end zone. I think he gets more looks than Stephon Diggs does for the remainder of the season. I know you. Yeah. Got, I know they both kind of have like a fifty-fifty thing going on because they're both really good. Yeah. I just don't think Diggs keeps this up. I don't think so either. I don't, I don't think that's that's a thing. But overall, I think the Vikings defense is okay right now. They're mm-hmm. not the best. I don't think they were. With I don't think. They were the best they were that when they were like you know on the level they were on like a couple years ago. But this game, I didn't take a, a too deep of a look at. I just saw I I just saw Stephon Diggs keep scoring. And I thought off. they I thought they replayed the same play three times. Yeah, <laughs> but no, he scored all three times. Dude's an dude's a stud. But Kirk Cousins, we're seeing him throw the ball a lot more. Maybe the Vikings have finally have a wake up call, and they think now they now they're yeah. in a standpoint that we could do both instead of using one. Yeah, they, I'm still not sure what's on their agenda going into the week after this against the the Lions, who are very good. They've on been the ground playing well. The yeah, 
they're a pretty good defense overall. So it's kind it's kind of going to be a good thing to see uh, them going up against a division rival who isn't like isn't automatically in last place. You know what I mean? But um, what else we got to cover here? And then we'll jump into some picks. I want to talk about Jets Cowboys because I was jumping up and down watching this game. The Jets win this game. They win their first game after losing their quarterback to Mono. And he comes back. He comes back and beats the Cowboys and Mono in the same week. Oh, yeah, exactly. Uh, the Jets won this game 24-22 to against the Cowboys in MetLife. Yep. Cowboys fall to 3-3, three and three, lost three straight. New York Jets finally get their first win. Adam Gase gets his first win as a, the Jets head coach. I want to take a look at the Jets' performance real quick. So Sam Donald threw for over 300 yards, 338 yards to be exact, two touchdowns and a pick. Way better than Luke Falk, I'll tell you that. But having him back is definitely a difference maker. I didn't think it would be that big of a difference maker in in the sense of how the Cowboys have played defensively and offensively this season. But, you know, that wasn't the case. I still don't think Sam Darnold makes an insane impact moving forward, but I do no. think he gives them a better chance to win. And that's not yeah, it's very uh, obvious. Yeah. It's very, very obvious. And we're going into next week. Who we verse him for the Jets? They go back against the, Cow- the, the Cowboy Cowboys. The, <laughs> the Patriots, Patriots on again. Monday. Yeah, that's uh, going to be a tough game. And yeah. that is in MetLife as well, which could be, you know, maybe a good game, but the Jets will be I in contention. Yeah. But their defense is good right now, Yeah, and they've beat up against the bad teams, and the Jets right now are by default a bad team. Yeah. They go up against the Jaguars the next week. No Jalen Ramsey anymore. They go up against the Dolphins. They got some pretty solid chances here, and then they got the Giants after that, Redskins, We'll see maybe a little bit of a run here where we can possibly. see two, three wins possibly. But possibly. this puts them in a pretty great spot. And it's crazy how it, the narrative changes where they were looking at 0-6 in the face and now they're 1-4. and And now everyone's like, I don't know, they got a legitimate shot to make some yeah. noises here. I honestly don't think Sam Darnold, like everyone's hyping this, this win up by a lot. And I just don't think Sam Darnold makes that big of a difference. At not all. not enough to where they're gonna go in and beat these teams that no one, no. you know, they they were zero and four. I this mean, is when the, it was another development year for him, and maybe take another step up. And now he's doing that by week six. That's gonna be a yeah. tough thing to do. That's the thing. They were zero and four before. Seven, I, mean, I mean, maybe they could have had another win or whatever, but I don't think he would have made that much of an impact. So uh, towards the end of this game, and I want to talk about um, Sam Donald's uh, game as well. Le'Veon Bell, fourteen carries, fifty yards, and a touchdown. He's been having Fournette-ish type games. Yeah. I'm waiting for that 100-yard game by Le'Veon Bell, and it should be coming. Uh, But, of course, Robbie Anderson, that deep threat that he is, five receptions, 125 yards, and a touchdown. I think he would perform so much better if he wasn't on the Jets. If he He was on a contending team, this dude would have 200 yards every game. But this is how – that's what he does. He always makes these, like, long bomb catches. This is always what he does. He's well, done that in the past for them, if too. If a decent quarterback is in play, that's what I'm saying. He's, he's do- he does it. Last year, I remember he would get like random games. He would get like he would have like like 20 yards, and if he didn't have 20 yards, he got like a 50 yard touchdown. Right. And it's just like that's just what he does. That's just what he does, and he does it very very well. He's very similar to Deshaun Jackson. Yeah. Very very similar. Yes. And I think he could even be better if he wasn't on the Jets. Yeah. He he. He could be. Maybe they can get some value out of him for someone else. Jameson Crowder, six receptions, 98 yards. We all know after that first week that Sam Donald played with Crowder that he likes playing with Crowder. Yeah. Marius Thomas, four receptions, 62 yards. 
they have a little wide receiver core going on here. A little Everyone bit. They do a little bit of everything. I like it. Um, Ryan Griffin, three receptions, 28 yards, and a touchdown. Still waiting for Herndon to come back. Yeah, he Ty should Montgomery, be. Montgomery, I still don't see a place for him on the Jets right now. I don't either. I can. I know that the Jets feel like they could use him for anything, but I truthfully don't think that there's a legitimate spot for him on the Jets. But anyway, going towards the end of this game, Dak Prescott had 28 completions, 40 attempts, 277 yards. Zeke goes off with 105 yards on 28 attempts and a touchdown. Tavon Austin had the most um, yardage, mostly because, you guessed it, Amari Cooper got hurt. Michael Gallup comes back. You expect him to take another leap because the usage should be going to him. That wasn't the case. Yeah. And as... The Cowboys were moving in to Jets territory. There was just flags on flags on flags, back and forth, team to team. It was kind of like this was the only game this week where the refs let the players play. Yeah. And you saw that, and that's what made it exciting. Mm -hmm. If you're calling the right things, and it's not over dumb things like illegal hands to the face when it wasn't, Yeah, I'll get angry. But this game, it was kind of like... Both teams are doing everything they can to win, regardless if there was a penalty or not. And the refs saw that, and that makes for a very exciting game because you're like, which way is this going to go? How is it going to happen? And they, the, and to the credit of the Jets, I don't know if they forced any of the flags that were happening, but the the Viking, the, I mean not the Vikings, the Cowboys, <laughs> they were not even. I'm not even talking about that team, but they're they're making some pretty good moves. To try to get close, and they probably could have won this game very easily. Yes, but with they those could penalties, have. they got pushed way back. They oh were yeah, like the thirty or something like that towards the end. It is pouring. It is. I'm not sure wow. if you could pick this up in the microphone. Wow. Maybe you can. But <laughs> oh my gosh, hold on. Let me let me try to listen. Very faintly. Very faintly. Yeah, you can hear it, but it doesn't sound as bad as it is without headphones on. Okay. Like right now, it's pounding the ceiling. All you hear is in my headphones. So that's that's good, I guess. Um, anything else you want to touch on on this game? Honestly, it was, was a shock. Surprised. It was just very surprising. And they were winning, what was it, like 21 nothing at one point? Oh, yeah, the Jets were I taking over. I was surprised. Over. And they I did that in the first that. half, as opposed to not doing that when they versed the Bills like week one. I remember seeing that, and I was like, wow. <laughs> like, this is great. You know? Yeah. But then you knew in the back of your head, like, Cowboys may make a fight for that. Yeah. And they did. Yeah. Uh, honestly, I didn't watch Steelers' chart. I, I at didn't all, either. Mostly because this is a good reason to miss out on this game. Okay, the LCS. LC, yeah, LCS that's what was I was on, doing. And I was watching the Yankees. That's what I was doing in a very important game. So I'm not watching the Steelers. I'm, I'm sure a lot either. of people were not. But the Steelers won this game, 24 to 17. And I mentioned I like the Steelers because I like Devlin Hodges, and he won, and he did okay. Nothing great. But I just feel like there was a better vibe with him in the game. Benny Snell had more yards than James Conner. Were you really watching this game? Probably not. Uh, James Conner, seven receptions, 78 yards, and a touchdown. The Chargers do Chargers things. <laughs> and Philip Rivers does, does Philip Rivers, Rivers things. things. Yeah. Melvin Gordon doesn't get the ball. Get him accumulated fast. That's how you're going to win games. Yes, he held out. We're over it. He's been back yeah. for three weeks now. I know they Let's need. get this train moving a bit. Hunter Henry, don't even get me started because I missed out on picking him up in fantasy. By two minutes during the show, 
So I only have myself to thank <laughs> for doing something I like to do, but at the same time, fantasy I love doing and like doing because I love doing this as well. And I missed out on Hunter Henry as I was talking about him in the middle of the podcast. I'm like, oh, Hunter Henry, he's coming back. Let me pick him up. I would have won my week. Eight receptions, 100 yards, 100 yards, two touchdowns. Watch him have one reception for seven yards next week. That's just what Hunter Henry has done to me. Yes. His whole career. You remember when he had 12, 13, 14? Yeah. And I pick him up, he had one point. Yeah. <laughs> That's happening. It's going to happen. It is. But- Mike Williams, five receptions, 72 yards. Keenan Allen is upset he's not getting the ball. So that's understandable. He went on Twitter and was like, it's a shame I'm not getting the ball. But at the same time, he's trying not to throw shade as much as he can. Get to the picks. Let's get to the picks. <laughs> what else we got to talk about? Nothing. Get to the picks. Honestly, I didn't calculate last week. Uh, you're probably beating me. I'm beating you probably by like two or something like that. Because I don't think I even count. I didn't think I, I don't think I counted the Lions, Packers or Steelers, Chargers. So maybe that's right. it, but I think we might be closer to tying. Okay. Something like that. Hold on, let me take a quick count. I have nine. You have six. So some of the picks we didn't get. Again, I don't know if I even count. I, let's just do it, okay? I, wa- I want to know the, f- the, f- the final score. So we both picked Pats. Cool. I picked the Panthers. You did not. You only got Pats. Both picked Skins. I picked the Saints. You picked the Jags. Because you're very biased. <laughs> uh, both picked the Ravens. Both picked the Seahawks. Okay. Both picked the Vikings. We both picked the Chiefs, and that didn't happen. Did we even talk about that game? Um, I don't know. We I don't think we even touched that game. What are we doing? Where is that at? Right there. Why did we not talk about this game? We're already on picks. Hold on, let me just finish doing this. I can't believe this. This is a mess. Um, I picked the cards. You did not. Uh, both picked the Niners. I really wish you didn't, because I was so excited about that pick. Um, both picked the Titans. Didn't get that one. Uh, picked both picked the Cowboys. Didn't happen. I picked the Steelers. So let's go. I picked the Lions. Should have won, <laughs> but you ended up getting the Packers. So final head count here. We got Chris. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. On top of your twenty-five, which makes what? 32 or something. 32, yeah. And then I had 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10 games. I'm at one ahead. This is very neck and neck here. It is. I think next week is going to be a little tougher. But before we get into picks, I just we'll touch on the Texans and the Chiefs. This this is one of this is one of those games we should have touched on a lot earlier because this was the most exciting game of the week. And yeah. We haven't even looked at it. But the Texans won this game 31-24. to Yes, the Texans won this game 31-24 to in Arrowhead. Kansas City Chiefs are now 4-2 as well as the Houston Texans. But been getting a lot of flack for trading for Laramie Tunson and giving up a lot of their picks. And it looks like it's been working out for them up to this point. Yeah. Because Deshaun Watson, 30-42, for 
280 yards a touchdown and two picks. Not too bad, but the same goes for – I mean, Pat Mahomes kind of played similar. I mean, he had those three touchdowns through the air, but he also had that one pick in a very crucial time in the game that could have probably given him yeah. the lead. Carlos Hyde, 26 for 116 and a touchdown. Again, I've always loved Carlos Hyde, and I think he was a phenomenal fit for the Texans at the state they're at right now. Deshaun Watson also had two touchdowns on the ground, 10, 10 carries, 42 yards. He loves Darren Fells for some reason, but yeah, he had I don't, six receptions, 69 why. yards. DeAndre Hopkins hasn't had a great season up to this point. Not at all. He's due for a big performance coming up. It's just a matter of when. Nine receptions, 55 yards for him. Will Fuller comes back to earth with five receptions, 44 yards. Duke Johnson gets a touchdown through the air as well. Again, overall, they played pretty solid. Did you see that one play Pat Mahomes made? You know, again, it was Tyreek Tyree Kill's first game back. And he threw a touchdown. Yeah. That was a free play because there was a flag. After the game, J.J. <laughs> Watt looks over, and so does Pat Mahomes. They're right next to each other. Pat Mahomes just taps him on, on the back, and he's like, good try, buddy. <laughs> so I thought that was funny. <laughs> Mahomes surprisingly didn't complete over 20 passes this game. He only had 19 completions on 35 attempts, 273 yards, three touchdowns, and a pick. And again, the pick was at a very, very important, important part in the game. What do you think of this Chiefs backfield? What's going on here? I don't know. <laughs> There's no like solidified know. guy here. They just keep because they've had injuries, but then people when they're injured, they have good games that are filling in. So they just don't know what to do. That's just what it's at right now. Is it McCoy? Is it Damian Williams? Is it Jared Williams? I don't know. But luckily, Damian Williams reached the end zone at least once this game. Only on one catch. But Jared Williams also had a reception for 52 yards, which was a big play for Pat Mahomes. Tyreek Hill reaches the end zone twice after coming back for the first time since, I think, week one. He had five receptions for 80 yards. One of them was that deep play we were just speaking about. Travis Kelsey, yeah. four receptions, 58 yards. Again, he's all reliable for... Um, What's his name? Uh, Pat Mahomes. Mahomes. Uh, other than that, it has there there wasn't much of anything. My big question just is like, how is this backfield going to be utilized? Because when Kareem Hunt was there, at least we knew he was getting the ball twenty yeah. times and making. And they're both being effective. Pat Mahomes is still effective even without using his running backs that much. But it's a little strange to look at when Damian Williams was the guy after mm-hmm. Kareem Hunt left. And he comes back healthy, and he gets a majority of the carries against the Colts where they lost. But also, this week, the majority of the carries went to LaShawn McCoy, but LaShawn McCoy didn't even get as much production. Yeah. So it's kind of weird, I guess. Their defense played well. Honestly, it was an exciting game overall with some exciting plays. I didn't expect the Texans to win this game. I did not either. Honestly, if you were to show me every game coming up this year, I think like 90 times out of 100, I'm going to pick the Chiefs just because of yeah. it's hard to bet against them like that. And they have a That's lot of a lot of players. A, are, a lot of players are inactive for tomorrow's game. On a short week, very tough. I can tell you right now who has been inactive. I think it's – I know Eric Fisher's inactive. Chris Jones is inactive. There's more here. Just missing out on it. Chiefs – Inactives. Uh, Sammy Watkins again is inactive, mm. so that's a shame. Again, I mentioned Chris Jones, Eric Fisher, one of their better yeah. offensive linemen, is inactive. Andrew Wiley is inactive, their offensive lineman. Um, Anthony Hitchens, their linebacker, mm. is inactive. That's not good. That's gonna be tough with a Broncos team that's kind of 
tr- finding their footing now. Two and four, I mean, isn't the greatest. No, but they're but playing they better. Shut out the Titans. Yeah, they're playing a lot better than they were at the beginning. Definitely of the playing a lot better now. I definitely see Philip Lindsay having a pretty good game this week, maybe. But again, I'm always going to be taking the Chiefs here. Yes, against the Packers, I'm going to take the Chiefs. It's tough. Against That's going to be a good game. I'm going to take the Chiefs against the Titans. I'm picking the Chiefs. It's hard to root against them. It is. So even if they lose, it's fine. And it's I know the losses are coming, but it happens. Okay. So I'm not going to write these down. I'll write them down later. Let's just do a quick run through of what you think. And like we mentioned before, Chiefs Broncos are tomorrow on Thursday Night Football. Yep. And I just said it's going to be tough for me to yeah, win against I'm the Chiefs. Yeah, the Chiefs. I'm taking the Chiefs. That's what I'm taking. Even though they just lost twice at home, I don't care. I'm taking the Chiefs. Yep. We got Raiders at Packers. Raiders at Packers. At Packers? You have Packers? Yes. I'm taking the Packers too. I mean, Raiders are, are you know, still on the road. But again, I feel like they play a lot better on the road. I don't see Derek Carr having a great game. He hasn't played no. well all year. He's had a lot no. of zero touchdowns, one pick games, which I'm not a fan of. Not a lot of people are. Rams, Falcons. Rams. I'm going Rams as well. 49ers at Redskins. 49ers. Niners. Wow. What if. This is going to be a, t- a tough, tough week. Yeah. Uh, Texans at Colts. I'm taking Texans. Mm-hmm. Those guys are just on a roll right now. That's who I picked. Um, even though the Colts are at home. By the way, I looked at the spread. The Chiefs are only minus three against the Broncos. Really? I got to put money down on that like immediately. Wow. I haven't done it yet. I just put some more money in my balance. But maybe maybe it has changed. I'm going to double check on that. But last I checked, they were minus three against the Broncos. That's got to be easy money. Has to be. Yeah. But I don't know if Vegas knows something we don't because it always seems like that. Because against the Lions... Whoever bet the over didn't get it. Yeah. And it was very close. Oh, see, so yeah, still. See, look, they're minus three. Broncos are plus three. Wow. Same with the, same with the Cardinals against the Giants. I feel like I would take the Cardinals plus three. Uh, but we're just doing outright picks right now. But we, uh, Vikings-Lions, who you got? That is a tough one. I have the Vikings. I think the Vikings just don't have a great stroke of luck. And I think the Lions take this one. All right. Listen, I was this close against the Packers. I think they could do it against the Vikings. The way, listen, the way Kirk Cousins plays, he's no Aaron Rodgers. No, he's not. Don't expect a late quarter comeback with someone like Lazard putting up a touchdown against you. And you can't even use Stephon Diggs and Adam Thielen. Give me the Lions. I'm even more confident now that I said it out loud. Jags at Bengals? I think I picked the Jags. I'm going Jags. I think the the Bengals are tank mode, maybe. Yeah. Cardinals, Giants? Pick the Giants. I'm scared. <laughs> you're scared? Listen, as a fan, you want to see them win, but in the back of your head, you're like, I picked the cards this week. Well, yeah, but, but Saquon's back and Engram are back. Are you sure? Yes, they're back. All right, I'll go Giants. <laughs> That's why. Ugh. Actually, I'm changing my mind. Listen, I'm up by one. I can get some leverage on you if I pick the cards here. I'm taking the Cardinals. All right. Yep, I'll t- I'll do that with full confidence. <laughs> Dolphins, Bills. I got Bills. Got to be Bills. Chargers, Titans. Oh, that's disgusting. I picked the Chargers. Not confidently though. I don't think Tannehill does well this game. No, I don't think so either. I don't think that makes a significant difference, and it's easy for anyone to see. So I don't know what variables looking at. Ravens, Seahawks. That should be a good game. Raven. I, I have Seahawks. I have C. I'm gonna take the Seahawks. 
Saints Bears. I picked the Saints. I'm picking the Saints too. I was hoping you were gonna pick the Bears. No, I was thinking about. No, it. I'm I taking really, the Saints. I really was. Is it because we talked about it, or did you already pick that? No, I already had it picked. Already. Okay, because I think this. Uh, I'm taking the Saints there. Eagles Cowboys. I picked the Cowboys. I've picked the Cowboys for the past couple of weeks because they've been in must win mode for like two straight weeks. This is on Sunday Night Football. Yeah. Dang, as a as a Giants fan, this is gonna be. <laughs> I want them both to lose, but I don't want the Cowboys to All be right, the first there's place. There's a tie then. They're <laughs> three and three. Oh, this is disgusting. Oh no. I think I'm gonna go. If Amari Cooper's healthy. Who'd you say you had? I have the Cowboys. Oh yeah, you said you had the Cowboys. I'm leaning on the Cowboys. But I feel like on prime time, Carson Wentz just has this swag to him. I'm going to go Eagles here. All right. I'm going to go Eagles. And then we, last but not least on Monday Night Football, we got the Patriots with the Jets. Prime time on a Monday. I got the Jets. No, I'm kidding. Oh, I, got, I <laughs> wish. You no, I got the, the Pats. <laughs> no, yeah, I'm taking the Pats. And that will conclude our picks. Really no surprises there for picks in general. No. No. Maybe there's some. Now Maybe I'm gonna have to root against the Giants this week. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I hope they win, but if the if the Cards win, I won't be too upset either. You know what I mean? But yeah, I got two you. rookie quarterbacks: Daniel Jones, Kyler Murray. It'll be fun. I really would like to see what goes down with those two. Uh, anyway, that's gonna conclude our show. Thank you guys for listening. I really appreciate it. Um, and go and uh, like I mentioned before, I didn't mention this before. I don't know where I was going with that. Well, I'm really, I'm really excited for this week's um, football and all everything with it. I'm so tired. <laughs> I know I am too but anyway uh, yeah I appreciate you guys for listening uh, heading into this week it should be very exciting and the weeks moving forward I'm very excited to watch everything as well um, so if you're listening to this podcast on Apple Podcasts or if you're not make sure to go subscribe leave a rating or review I really appreciate it as well as go on YouTube and go like our full podcast video because we post every single podcast the full episode yes me and Chris in front of a camera in front of a light everything and you can go look at us and watch us talk instead of listening right on our YouTube channel at the Franchise Tag NFL Podcast YouTube channel. Follow us at Franchise Tag Pod on Instagram and Twitter. Thank you guys for listening again. We'll see you next time.